0: Hello! You'll excuse me for these fans going off in the background. It is a million degrees in Portland, Oregon. Uh, this episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, you can join the collective, join the multitudes. Uh, and because of those, uh, patrons and because of your support, we are doing the first annual duck fest. Check your feeds. It is August 31st of 2019, and, uh, we are looking forward to seeing you there um it will be uh information on tickets will be coming uh soon and uh yeah reasonable ticket prices we're not looking to make tons of money oh sorry about that that's also blame the heat uh for pocket knocking over that thing off the table uh we're not looking to make tons of money we just want to see everybody and we just want to celebrate so come celebrate with us at DuckFest fest and thank you for your support <laughs>
1: Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross,
0: and you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast,
1: and this week we are talking about Tetris, which is a puzzle game developed by Alexey Pajitnov for the Electronica 60 in 1984.
0: Yeah, if you haven't played with your Electronica 60 in a while, this is a good mm-hmm. excuse to dust it off.
1: Yeah, no, but p- p- pull that out of this uh, out of the closet. No, wait, it stays there because it's a big clunky machine. Because it is a closet. Yes, I am a
0: closet. <laughs> eep, boop, eep, bop.
1: Yeah. Um, and this is going to be a very different kind of episode because it is more of a survey of what Tetris has become after its oh. initial version.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're going to do the rest of it in Esperanto.
1: Um, um what? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, mean.
0: I think you mean K. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's what that, that is in that front yeah. Um No, it's gonna be a little bit different just because we tend to do things uh, a little bit differently than this, like with narratives and different kind of structure. And mm-hmm. this is going to be more of an overview because just kind of giving the basics on the like. Tetris is both deeper mm-hmm. uh, than than it initially seems, but also it's the the fact that it is so immediately hyper grockable. Yeah, is part of the reason that it's special. So, you know, explaining Tetris without. You know, literally being one of these strategy grandmasters. Like there are books on the strategy of Tetris. <laughs> right. We're not going to repeat that. No. We want to talk about it as a game. Um, similar. You know, I think that maybe one of the the, the energies that this will capture is like the Sims. Yeah. Episode yeah. like these these gaming institutions that are taken for granted. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it just taking for granted is a real like watchword for Tetris. I think. Yes. Um, and uh, also, you know, this has been uh, a really great time. To be a Tetris fan. There's been mm-hmm. this huge surge in super good Tetris games.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and there have been a lot of historical goofy Tetris games. <laughs> and a lot of people taking the language and, and kind of syntax of Tetris and doing interesting things with it. Yes. So we're going to kind of do an overview of those things. Talk about what we think uh, is special about these new these new breeds, the new mm-hmm. batch of, of Tetrises, And then also just kind of name check some favorite versions. Yeah. And uh, generally be an overview of uh, Tetris, what it is the history of such and different
1: kind of ways that it can articulate. Yes. Um, I'm very intimidated by this episode, Gary. I like, as we approached it, like I ended up making like, how in the world do we outline this? Like, what do we do? This is probably the most I've researched out, like outside material about a game. Mm -hmm. Um, And There's there's tons of stuff. Yeah. Which
0: there there didn't used to be, but now it feels like uh, we are in not only a Tetris resurgence in terms of games, but also Mm -hmm. like a cultural one. Yes. Um. You know, people are realizing, like, oh, this is definitely cool and never actually went away. Right,
1: right. Like, we may have, like, misguidedly gotten sick of it for about 10 years. Yeah. As it kind of flew under the radar, was exploited on mobile and stuff like that. But, like, now, especially over the past, let's say, th- three to five years, if a new – like, there have been noteworthy new editions of Tetris that have dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's a little bit of a weird episode. I definitely did, uh, you know, did quite a bit of research as well. Mm-hmm. At some point, tamp down that feeling of intimidation just by realizing, like, we are never going to be all inclusive, right? Right. You know, we're we're covering this for a week of our show. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that like one, two percent of our year, yes, is, is Tetris. Less you know, for us as opposed to yeah, less than <laughs> less than two percent of our year is Tetris. So the uh, we're gonna give it as, as as fine a shrift as we can. I'm I'm went to the shrift closet. Mm-hmm. And I'm picking out a good shrift. Yes. I I, and, I uh, grabbed a, a shift
1: a shrift from the top shelf. Top shelf yeah. shrift. Yep, shelf shrift in mm-hmm. USA.
0: Mm-hmm. Um so uh Tetris, if you don't know which you do, but yeah. I think that it's kind of fun to describe it in its actual terms because again, it is one of the most taken for granted games uh ever.
1: Yes. Um, um to the point of that taken for granted, like we we've been kicking around this idea for a while, but it makes perfect sense as the capstone for puzzle month.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Because one, it's a different type of puzzle. Like puzzles mm-hmm. can mean a lot of things. There are the puzzle like logic puzzles in the uh in the Seventh Guest. There mm-hmm. are things like um, you know, chess puzzles, like any kind of thing with rules, but this the genre that your your uh Dr. Mario's and Tetris's and stuff mm-hmm. are always called puzzle, and I've never felt like that's actually what's happening.
1: Right. Like right. it
0: is the genre. There is very little puzzle happening in Tetris. It mm-hmm. is a game of, it's an action game. Yeah. It's an action game about reflexes and quick thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not solving any puzzles. Like you are making choices, but you're making choices in every video game. Yeah, and you're solving um,
1: problems some some of which are presented by the uh, by the uh, random number generator. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of which you made you are making up for mistakes that you made. Yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. So so Tetris is you know uh it's often called a perfect game um you know but it is. That perfectness is this kind of elemental quality where it is, uh, every part of it is necessary. And if you remove any part of it or change any part of it, it becomes those individual elements become things and it becomes unworkable. Right. So, like, a great example is the basic Tetris block, which is a Tetronimo, um, which people say like Tetromino, which I hate. Tetrimino. I, tre- <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so, which is uh, if you take four blocks and create them into a shape. Yes. Um, there are seven of these. Mm-hmm. Tetris uses all of them that are possible. Right. And, like, a great illustration of the the kind of fundamental nature of Tetris is uh, it doesn't work if you go to five. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work if you go to three. And like, people try. It has to be four. <laughs> yeah. Like, lots of little challenge versions, lots of... Weird variants where every once in a while there's there's a five thing, and it just doesn't work as much. It Mm -hmm. is necessary that you use a four-block structure for
1: this game to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, specifically with the shape of the arena, which is 10 wide and 20 tall. Um, You need the blocks to be contiguous with each other. I'm looking at you, Tetris 2.
0: Yeah, Tetris 2, <laughs> we'll, we'll, to we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's I, have a pro- I have some problems with it. Um, so these blocks that we have, these seven blocks, fall from the ceiling into this well, mm-hmm. uh, that's 10 wide, 20 tall. Yeah. Um, and your goal is to place the shape so there's no gaps between them. Um, when a row is
1: filled, uh, it disappears and you get points yep. for it. And if a gap is sealed away, uh, you have to clear out all the stuff over top of that gap in order to fill it and then clear that line. Um, yes. and by accumulating those lines with gaps, that is how you raise, uh, the floor. Um, and if the blocks touch the top of your screen, then game over, game over. Yes. That's, that's called
0: topping out. Yes.
1: There's lots of yeah. specialized term ter, uh, terminology. Like I have never, apparently there's a, there is a defined vocabulary for describing the, uh, the shapes uh, mm-hmm. in terms of letters, but like, and, yep. I'll be, it, it'll, it'll, it'll be a cold day in hell if I ever call a square piece an O.
0: Whereas me, I'm always winging hard on the JPEG mm. is what I like to call that. That's no. the, uh, using, using that J piece <laughs> and winging it, um, particularly with vigor. Yes. <laughs> um, the, uh, I've been, I didn't initially use them, um, but then started using them when I was like doing research just because it became easier in my head. Yeah. Yeah. They have a thing to refer, refer to them as. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's jargon. <laughs> yep. Um, so you can, because these pieces are anywhere, uh, between, you know, one tall and four tall, you can get anywhere between one and four lines at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, four is the most desirable. It can only be accomplished by one piece, mm-hmm. a long piece. And, uh, this creates a Tetris, four mm-hmm. rows at once. Yeah. Uh, and that is not a real thing. Tetris is a made up word Mm -hmm. that's made up for this. And that being a Tetris is not, it sounds like it's real. It's not (laughs) right.
1: It sounds, it sounds like it's real because that is what it has been called for the majority of your life. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, And you're going for that. You get more scores and we'll talk about uh, the different ways that scoring happens. But in the majority of variants of the game, as you clear more lines, the game's level will go up, increasing the speed um, and increasing the pressure that is placed on you um mm-hmm. either to make a mistake or you just don't have enough time to move it away from where it's going to fall and it locks in place mm-hmm. as it drops faster and faster.
0: Yep. And uh, again you top out that's game over that's your fail condition. Mm-hmm. Um those are the basic elements of Tetris there are some additions that happened mm-hmm. um which means that there's a uh, you know, there are things that now are part, is exactly as part of Tetris mm-hmm. as that, you know, according to the official Tetris people, mm-hmm. you have to be able to do these these extra kind of things. There's a few of them. We'll talk about them. Yep. But that is the very basic Tetris, and that is what Tetris existed as for a very long time. Right.
1: Yeah. Now, Um, so a couple things about the game itself. This has always been a bit of a curiosity for researchers, both psychological and mathematical. We'll talk about the psychological side of it later on, but, uh, Tetris is considered to be what is called NP complete. Um, I am not enough of a brain genius to, uh, describe this, uh, accurately. I know it does not mean that there's no way for a computer to solve it. It just means that it cannot be solved in polynomial time. So, yeah. like, to say, oh, the game is impossible to solve, technically not true, um, but it is complex enough. There are enough uh, kind of variations of what happened, given all the different states of the board, that, uh, you know, you can't just have a computer sit down and find the optimal move like you could with, like, say, certain versions of, like, Connect 4, which is a solvable uh, game.
0: Right, right, right. And yeah. and forever. Again, is that scaling up? Right. You know, the – um. You know, and uh, one of the things, you know, so depending on kind of these these choices that are made, these variations, things like that, like Tetris can be a forever game. Mm-hmm. Um, as we are going to find out, there have been so many different attempts to add variations to it, some with great success, some with great misery. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it is perpetual in a way that's very appealing to me. Um, the ties into that NP completeness, where uh, something I discovered in research of this is that like. There are people online and, you know, this would not surprise you Mm -hmm. uh, that are like Tetris is too easy because of these changes that were made. Yes. Um, And the idea to me of Tetris being too easy is farcical on the face Mm -hmm. because it is literally a game that finds out what your difficulty level is. Yes. Like you can play Tetris. uh, It can start out too easy. Mm -hmm. You know, but the game is designed to fill up your particular bucket. Yeah. You know, like you, you have a certain capacity for making quick decisions and reflexes. Mm-hmm. And Tetris is like a perfect tool to measure that capacity. And then where you stop, where you die, that's your level, mm-hmm. you know, and there are people who can compete at this like grandmaster level and get maximum score and stuff like that. They're exceedingly rare. Right. I don't think these, these, uh, these reddit, uh, jerk who are talking about how <laughs> Tetris is now just for casual people. Right. Uh, which like, come, <laughs> come just, on just now for, for casual for, people. For, just for now, just now. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's entirely been the point. Yeah, like, the yeah. entire, that's, that's Tetris. You idiot. A, 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 um,
1: additionally, if you just want to play NES Tetris or Tetris, the grand master, like there are versions of this that still exist and will always, always exist. No matter how many games include the infinite spin.
0: Yes, exactly. So, so I was, uh, not surprised, but still disappointed, which is my perpetual online state <laughs> of finding that the challenge discourse has made its way to fucking Tetris. <laughs> uh, you know, the same people who who are putting you know yeah. uh, speedrunning Sekiro in the resume are also yeah. mad about hold pieces.
1: That, that that even happened though. Like as these things were added, I think I remember specifically reading one one blur from a review of the new tetris which i think was one of the first that added uh, it is the
0: the that's my that's my baby yeah, that's my no, my champion yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the the originator of the hold piece
1: and yes of the of the whole piece and specifically like wall kicks and a certain degree of infinite spin like people said oh yeah this ruins tetris with ruins in yeah. quote uh yeah. because you know as long as you keep on tapping uh the, the piece will never lock into place um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, here. I'm, I'm here to tell you that new Tetris mm-hmm. still hard yes. and still just gets to the point where you can't play it anymore, even with those things where mm-hmm. you just like will top out unless you're like this weird, you know, 1% of 1% of 1% of the world that are grandmaster Tetris players. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, I don't think these people probably were, <laughs> Um, you know, so. Lame, in my opinion. I think that most of the changes that have been made to the actual Tetris, like the official changes mm-hmm. from the Tetris, that are sanctioned by the Tetris company, are all really good yeah. and add a lot of strategy to the game.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. So,
0: um, so the uh, the the origin of Tetris is pretty interesting. Um, well, it's, it's weird. It's simultaneously interesting and boring. <laughs> it's I, I uh, so I, I always kind of, I always thought, oh, this is really interesting. Like, you know, that's interesting because I kind of knew a little bit about it. Yeah. And then I, I sat down and I watched an hour long documentary about it on YouTube. Uh, and it is a lot. It's a business documentary. Yes, that's the thing. More than anything. It doesn't really have very much to do with the origins of the game, mm-hmm. which is a very small part of the story. yes And it's mostly about uh, how the rights, it, it's primarily boils down to. Isn't NES a computer? Uh, in terms <laughs> yep. of rights issues, and that is exceedingly
2: boring, actually. Yeah, so yeah.
1: It's, it's like, um, like the, the the action. Like if you made a movie about the about how Tetris got out of the USSR, the majority mm-hmm. of the action scenes, what would be depicted visually, is like somebody walking into a meeting room and sitting down, and possibly yep. lying to a Russian who has no idea what what capitalism is. Yeah, and, and maybe some
0: other people in another room talking about and doing that in the future. Yeah. Or worried that another entity is going to do that. <laughs> yep. Like the the documentary I watched did try to drama it up in a way that was pretty funny. Like it wasn't, yeah. you know, like da dun, dun dun. You know, it, it would be very <laughs> great if it you know had spooky music and stuff. But it did try to make it seem very dramatic when ultimately these are just 80s business deals yeah. and rights negotiations. Mm-hmm. And like it is there's something more interesting here when you look at how uh, you know, Russia at the time, like a communist country, yeah, an and isolated atti- communist
1: country, isolated
0: communist country. Their attitudes towards uh, kind of like ingenuity or art, or mm-hmm. like a product, and that having you know, kind of forcing to interface with the rest of the world, yeah, like that is interesting. Yeah. but I was surprised by how bored I was learning this stuff. <laughs> yeah, so for the, the like
1: ma- the majority of my research, happened I listened to an audio book of, of of a of a book called "The Tetris Effect," written by Dan Ackerman of CNET, and I was really disappointed. A basically it got like a lot of like really basic stuff about Nintendo and video games wrong. So I don't know what the, else it got wrong. The um, like Sega Nintendo system, right? Right? <laughs> uh, like it got like it got Wii Fit mixed up with Wii Sports. Like just, it you know, just like, like weird little, yeah. uh, like Brown M M&M and M in the bowl stuff that made me think, yeah. okay, what else is wrong here? Yeah, um, man. who knows? Maybe I'm just nitpicking. Um, but, uh, I-, I was disappointed because the story was all over the place and it ended up being about those business deals where it got interesting was when it described like the past of these people. Um, yeah. and specifically like the interactions between Hank Rogers and and Alexey Pajitnov and Nintendo coming in basically to save the day. Um, yeah. And the interactions between them and their Russian counterparts that ended up being both a little bit like unnerving, but also weirdly sweet. Like there yeah. are some aspects of those scenes that are, that are really compelling, but it's more just kind of a, 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 a cultural, like, like like a story about different cultures meeting than, yeah. than anything about, like, what I love about Tetris. Or really,
0: honestly, what I love about Nintendo. Like, they were generally good and kind of fair in a way that the other companies vying for power here weren't. Yeah. Which which I appreciate. But it still ended up just being a really good business deal in the end because mm-hmm. the, the game was very successful, right? right? Like, if anything, the lesson with how they acted was that it can sometimes be in your financial best interest to not be a total bastard. Right. Um. I don't want to actually name who did it but just because I'm going to clone on it a little bit. But mm-hmm. the documentary I watched uh, was by a, a gaming YouTuber literally ends with a uh, portrait of all the principal characters in black and white and what they went on to do. <laughs> um, and a lot of them just died. And one of them murdered their wife.
3: <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the psychological it, researcher. The psycholo- yeah. You know? a
0: psychological researcher who murdered his wife. And they're playing the sad music over these black and white portraits. <laughs> or like these characters I've grown to love. Over just you know an hour of listening to their you know business dealings, uh-huh. and it it was just trying to pull some emotional heartstrings that I thought I was like this is this ain't it? Oh Try again.
1: <laughs> you did not earn <laughs> Try this. Try again,
0: Chief. you did not earn this. This is silly. Somebody should have looked over this. Hey, <laughs> like, yeah. you're taking this way too seriously, and it's weird. Yeah. Um. So we're, we're going to go through that stuff. It's a little bit of like a weird gaming like. Doki Doki story, right? Uh, in in a, in a way, just because I feel like everyone kind of has a vague idea that that stuff happened, and yeah. a lot of people have seen that Tengen Tetris for NES and know a lot of the trivia about it. Mm-hmm. But I guess I guess we're just here to say, like, we are going to go through it really quickly. I can't necessarily recommend doing a deep dive on it because unless you are interested in like rights issues and the difference between personal computer rights and home console rights, yeah. it's pretty
1: planned like so something that would end up being a 10 minute read that can get you a little bit more detail than what we're going to give is actually the analysis page on tv tropes yeah yeah I can see that. That, that that outlines uh just just kind of a basic version of the history that won't be a seven hour audiobook or a one hour youtube documentary with a maudlin ending
0: yeah very model <laughs> um but the what i actually like the creation of it yeah because again you know one of the things to take away from this podcast is it can't really be underestimated how genius this this whole thing is. Like yeah. coming up with something elemental mm-hmm. that feels like it has always been. Yeah. That's just like in the DNA of video games is to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy, so Alexey Pagetnov is the the guy who made it. He's this uh, kind of math wizard.
1: Yes. This um, incredibly jovial, good-natured math wizard. I love him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I like when he shows up in hat dress. Yep. As a character. I think that's very cute. <laughs> um, so he, uh, he was working uh, in aerospace, um, gave up to work at the uh, Dornitsyn. Dornitsyn. uh Dor- I just didn't put enough English on it. I think I pronounced it
1: correctly, Cole.
0: Computing Center in the Academy of Science.
1: Computing (laughs)
0: Center. Sorry,
1: I'll stop, I'll stop.
0: Thank you. Uh, In the the Soviet Union in Moscow. Um, And he loved computers, even though they were extremely primitive and the working conditions were like when he initially started, they had to share computers. It was like three people on this shitty station that was outdated
1: yeah. compared to the rest of the world. Yeah. Um this is a point from a little bit later but like what he ultimately ended, ended up um developing Tetris for was a computer they ended up working with. Again, this is the mid 80s. The Electronica 60, it's a sibling to the computers that um Colossal Cave Adventure and Space War were mm-hmm. uh, were were run on and this is, you know, the Academy of Science of the Soviet Union like this should be the very best of everything, but it was an organization whose primary export was to the Eastern block was calculators that don't work. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, working on incredibly out of date, uh, out of date, uh, hardware, but he made the most of it, uh, specifically, specifically the idea for Tetris, uh, arose from Paget fondness for pentomino puzzles. hmm. These, uh, little block puzzles where you have uh, things that look like Tetriminos, um, but they have five blocks, and you have to um, figure out how to fit them all into a certain square. Yeah, you know, and um, th-
0: you can still find these. This is a classic children's toy. Yes, um, um, they're great.
1: Yeah, uh, he fell. Yep. He fell in love with them. He uh, injured himself as a kid. And he was bedridden for a very long time. I think he broke his leg or something like that. Um, and Penteminos were some of the only things that he had to keep himself entertained.
0: Yeah, that and looking at his cast where it said Milpulski is here. <laughs> <laughs> those are the two things that entertained him and spying on his his neighbor uh flandovsky um the uh human head ski of plant yeah. yeah there's a human head ski yeah. um in this. um anywho uh <laughs> so the the initial prototype he did was just digital pantonomous uh but once you figure that out um you figure it out the board filled up quickly uh, the pieces were complicated, and it wasn't fun. You yeah. um, you just kind of did it, and then you knew the solution, and then you were done.
1: Yeah, like this early, this early uh, prototype was called genetic engineering, I think, because he <laughs> went... <laughs> like, was. That? Like part, part yeah. of his part of his job was to like to test the limits of these computers. So he was in the middle of eighties on hardware that was two years out of date, working on like voice recognition and AI. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah. It just it sounds like the kind of thing you would name it to hide a fun project from your parent or from your, your <laughs> or, you know your work parents or your porn your boss ta- ta-
1: tax stuff <laughs>
0: yeah tax stuff exactly staples <laughs> um the uh so because that was kind of bland mm-hmm. um he ended up he simplified the shapes you know so he he moved over to the 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 lovely uh, Tetronomos. Mm-hmm. and then uh he did that at first and the lines went clear so it was more fun mm-hmm you know, to do this, but it was just too easy to kind of top out. Like you yeah. were still trying, you were trying to fill in the space. It initially started as the idea was just filling in the space, mm-hmm. but it was still too easy to top out. So he added the line clearing Yes. after that point, And then uh, ultimately had them falling out of this kind of gravity mechanic to add a little bit of time pressure from the other end, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is now Tetris. Yes. Now um, we have a, a elementary
1: version of what we know and love. Yes. Uh, The name Tetris, I think, is um, a bit of branding genius, too, specifically because um, it does imply a little bit of what it is, the idea of Tetra uh, and 4 But also it is a nonsense word that sounds like it comes from someplace. It
0: sounds like so real. Yes. And
1: like it does not have to be translated. Tetris can just be Tetris. Mm hmm.
0: Um, he named it after uh Tetra for four mm-hmm. and his favorite sport, tennis. Yes, which is very cute. <laughs> like, if he if his favorite sport was like soccer and this was like Tetra or something like that, yeah, yeah, Tetro Tetro Super Bowl. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, so that's that's uh Tetris.
1: Mm-hmm. Um huh. Um yep. and it became a hit. Like he, people would ask him what he was working on. And he would show it to him, and then eventually it started being passed around, um, just becoming a blight on the lab's productivity. Yeah, it's around this point that he had um a, a coworker, Dmitry Pavlovsky, and just this high school student that they knew, Vadim mm-hmm. Garasimov. Uh, they're like, hey, you know, like more people could play this. Um, if we ported this to IBM, IBM clones had made their way um specifically to -to well-to-do people in moscow um and specifically gerasimov was this phenom in rewriting uh stuff for other um for for other languages and other operating systems um and Mm -hmm. it was gerasimov who thought like hey let's add graphics and let's add a scoring mechanism etc again bringing uh just a little bit more interest to like uh, kind of game to it
0: yeah there's also this like wonderful little detail um that i love of this story (laughs) where initially so when he started working on this he wasn't the only person in this, the science center working on games. Like he had this plan with his buddies oh God, to yeah. create this game pack. Right. And his buddies made little games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, the other, then he made Tetris. Like the, the other guys, like made games that never went anywhere and nobody really like like those, some of those guys went on to careers. According to the stand by me ending of uh, <laughs> of this documentary, I went. I think one of them works at Google now.
1: Um, um sp- specifically Garasimov. Like he went, yeah. he went on to gra- after the Wall Fell. He went to graduate from MIT. Works at Google yeah. in Australia.
0: But people were trying to, you know, there were other people who were just like, well, I've got this thing about, you know, uh, this is kind of like a little bit like breakout. I don't know. <laughs> you know, and then and then just like, yeah, but Tetris. Yeah. Like you know, and it just it's very kind of sad to be one of those dudes.
1: Uh, the, the, the detail about that uh, that I love. Do you know what that pack was going to be called? Uh,
0: I do, but I forgot it. The
1: Video Fun Fair.
0: Yeah, the Video Fun Fair. <laughs> yep.
1: So. Yeah. So charming. Incredibly
0: charming. Yeah. Uh, and fun. Yeah. Um, so as they, as this became kind of a hit around the office, it eventually started getting distributed, uh, by hand on floppy disks mm-hmm. where, uh, it was everywhere. Yeah. Like everyone who had a machine who could play it was playing it because it's so great. Mm-hmm. Um, however, because of the origins where this was made and because it was made on company time, um, this is not like pageant Nov's intellectual property. No. Like at the time, this is something that belonged to the Soviet union. Mm-hmm. Um, people didn't really belong, like own like intellectual property at the time in the same way that we think of. Right. No. Um, so the government owns it mm-hmm. and this is, you know, this is a scary eighties Russia, not scary 2019. Russia. <laughs> right. So like, it, it was all about this, like, you know, ministry of, of electronics, yeah. like coming through and taking it and all the pictures of these guys are great. Like <laughs> Pagetnov just looks like everybody's uncle. And uh, then all of these ministers look like they're here to like, <laughs> you know, to, you know, to, to send mutants to a camp where they. They they deprogram them, put <laughs> right. mutant registration collars on them. And
1: the, stuff. Yeah, mo- most of most of the people who work high up in the bureau, it's, it looks like they're here to yell at you for hanging a soccer pennant in your booth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, um, it's- um, and it's probably worth saying that, like, because this is a story about the Soviet Union and it was stuff that happened in the eighties. It's really hard to tell, like, how much of this is like how much of the details about how scary and foreign this is are actually true or propaganda. We just
0: have this from accounts.
1: Yeah. yeah. You
0: know, so it's, it's just people, you know, saying, uh, you know, When Hank says, like, yeah, I was there and I was terrified, Mm -hmm. you know, because it seemed like the kind of place you can't go by. That's what we have. Yes. You know, I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Nobody was there except for those guys. And, you know, so it's uh, we we do not know.
1: Yeah. So what what I don't want is somebody with a black and white Karl Marx avatar to come and tell me that the gulags were actually good.
0: um, Exactly. As we talk about
1: the USSR here. Not what I'm looking for. Hi. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. 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 So uh but yeah that 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 was the difficulty like this thing was spreading around but there really was no way for it to spread further than that and you know let alone like you know even further on down the line when more money was was exchanging hands the idea of Pagetnov receiving any compensation for this was, was ludicrous. just it was beyond the pale on
0: yeah. the face like Nintendo mentioned it at one point and mm-hmm. the guys were like they, they know, the, the ministry people were like that that the idea is very inappropriate yes you know, and like, like, Pajanov eventually, like, got his happy ending. Yes. You know, for this, uh, by which I mean, Hank jerked him off. I don't know, I don't mean that kind of happy ending. I don't, right. I don't know. I don't like that that happy ending has become co-opted by the jerk off industry. <laughs> <laughs> by by so, Big J.O. So by <laughs> Big J.O. In the, po- uh, Lord, like one in one the pocket pool
1: of Big J.O. <laughs> yeah, the,
0: <laughs> exactly. I, I just, I wish that, you know, I, I could just say happy ending without immediately thinking about getting jerked off under yeah, the guys of a massage. But unfortunately you know that's uh, that's that's <laughs> un- where we're at un-
1: unfortunately uh it it means going down to the hojos for a quick launch
0: yeah yeah, yeah go <clears throat> the log like taking a, a quick uh trucker shower at the flying jay mm-hmm. you know what i mean no um so anywho uh he eventually got his kind of uh recognition and just desserts and and seems very happy and good now yes uh but initially not the case right um, um let's scoot through some legal garbage
1: yeah yeah I mean like like a lot of this can be summed up by um, uh, just people taking advantage of Pagetnov and the bureaucracy in order to steal this and make money um, yeah yeah and then eventually the the, the the Russian government got pretty savvy but like you know eventually the game made its way to Hungary. Um in Budapest, mm-hmm. where uh, a company called Andromeda, uh, who specifically went looking for cheap Eastern European software, found it mm-hmm. and said, All right, we're gonna start licensing this to a bunch of everybody, to 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 a bunch of companies, uh, based on one half understood telex transmission.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um and this is also, you know, Hungary uh in the the documentary which is described as kind of like the the you know, the United States like window into Kind of the Eastern block. like this yeah. is where the Rubik's Cube came from.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, there were there were cultural exports. Yes, from there. Um, yeah. So when they had this uh, this kind of half permission from this Telex, they started licensing Tetris themselves um, to Spectrum Holobyte in America and Mirosoft in Europe. Mm-hmm. The uh, the events the rights eventually landed with Atari to produce an arcade version and a home console version for the NES uh, through Tengen. Yes, their uh, Nintendo subsidiary. Right.
1: Um, And along the way, it ended up kind of in a gray market way on a number of microcomputers. Uh, Specifically, Mm -hmm. I want to mention the Commodore 64 version, uh, whose music slaps. Yeah. (laughs) 26-minute long track. Um, He does
0: prog masterwork.
1: Very good. Yeah. Um, And the distribution rights were handled by Bulletproof Software um, in Japan. Uh, This Mm -hmm. is headed by Hank Rogers, a person who I really didn't know about before this. Um, I guess he invented JRPGs.
0: In, in a big way, yeah. yeah. He made the Black Onyx, which was this huge hit yeah. uh, on Japanese computers, uh, which is a dungeon crawl, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the uh, – no, no, no. It's an overhead game. Sorry. This yeah. is before – this is not a wizardry clone. Mm-hmm. This is an overhead uh, thing. So basically a JRPG. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also his name is Hank. Hank. H- with an E.
1: Uh, he, Hank. he's He similarly – he was like uh, – the 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 book the Tetris effect goes a great deal into his kind of origin as well. Like he mm-hmm. was born in Eastern Europe, his family moved to, moved him he to married a America. Woman. Yeah, yeah, I married a Japanese woman, and they moved to Japan in order to be closer to their uh, supply of gems because they were a gem. The family business was gem cutting. Mm-hmm. Um and he ended up uh, basically like learning a bunch of uh computer stuff on the way and then developing the Black Onyx when uh, mm-hmm. kind of in, a, in his in a spare time which got him yep. the in with Nintendo specifically
0: mm-hmm. yeah um yeah <clears throat> and he uh yeah is that the did your thing have the story about how um. The way he got in with the Nintendo is because he, like, read an interview that the Nintendo president was into Go. Yes. Yeah. And then, he yeah, he made, a, he made a Nintendo version of Go. Yeah. Where he's like, I can do that. You know? And he's like, well, I like Go. Uh-huh. You read that in a magazine. That's All that stuff is so quaint. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine today, like, well, I read in a magazine this person likes this game, so I'm going to make a version of that game. Yeah. <laughs> and then bring it, you know, bring it to them. It's, like, all very Wild West and quaint. Yes. In a way that is, like, a little bit fun, even yeah. though, again— this, this part of the story is extremely bland.
1: Yeah, apparently, yeah. apparently Go was like his in for a bunch because that's how he got around in Moscow too. Like he <laughs> went to Moscow with 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 no idea like how to get into any doors, and he just looked for Go players and used that to climb up. Like he eventually that's found so people funny. high up in the party.
0: Yeah. yeah, he he just like uh it's like he's playing an adventure game and he has like a go set in his inventory <laughs> and he's just rubbing it up against everything until it works. It's like oh yeah. shit, I can expect this is some god, this is some moon logic. Like <laughs> Roberta Williams needs to rethink this trip to Japan. Yeah, that she has me on like. Go worked here. Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but Hank, he got in with the Nintendo and he end, ended up kind of acting as this go between, uh, between Japan of America and, and, uh, uh, or sorry, J- Japan of America. Fuck me. Between Nintendo of Japan and <laughs> Nintendo of America um, and mm-hmm. kind of publishers in these different countries. So it made sense to send him uh, into Moscow specifically when he learned about the game boy, when it was still in prototype, he said, Hey, you guys should include Tetris as a pack in. Um, yeah. and you know, that started his journey to go there and figure this out. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, when he went there, you know, it was again, according to him, super scary,
1: yeah.
0: uh, not the kind of place you go to, uh, he was at a meeting with the, the, uh, ministers and stuff who were not, uh, who decided to meet with him, even though that was against policy. Like you're not supposed to meet with anyone from another country without yeah. specifically a when, they,
1: when they just show up at the door with a bunch of black and white stones.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, yeah. But, uh, during this meeting, he met Pajanov and they became friends. hmm Um, you know, which is kind of cool. Like those guys, you know, uh, and, uh, he accidentally, you know, in talking about this, mentioned to Elorg, which is the, uh, it's, it sounds like an, an alien AI, but it's actually the name of the Russian computer licensing bureau that we keep mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, that Tetris was already everywhere.
1: Yeah. Well, he brought like a Famicom cartridge of it and they're like, Hey, what is that? Is that a pirate? Right. It almost completely soured the deal. And it was, yeah. uh, it was like up to Hank to say like, Hey, these other two guys that you're, that you have meetings scheduled with are, yeah, They've it's fucked fucking you over. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, they they have already sold the rights to all this stuff. Uh-huh. Um, it is everywhere. And you guys are making penny, you know, fractions of pennies on fractions of pennies no. on these things. Like, it's just like a, a terrible, shitty deal. Yes. Like, there were versions that they were getting nothing from, but they were still getting money mm-hmm. from it, which is one of those, like, a little lie covers a big one. Yes. Kind of things like, you know, a little bit of truth, like Mm -hmm. um, they're still getting money. They just were not getting nearly as much money as like the worldwide phenomenon. This was, and because Russia was so insular at this time, this kind of flew, you know, under the radar.
1: yes And so, you know, Rogers showed up, you know, showing a tremendous amount of goodwill. I think he wrote a personal check for the royalties that he made off of distributing some version or another saying, Mm -hmm. Hey, this is make good money. Additionally, Nintendo has extremely deep pockets, uh, yeah, they we, will.
0: They will beat any offer. Yes, like we said, like no matter what the offer is, like we will do. You know, they will make the highest bid. Mm-hmm. I promise. Uh,
1: there are some details about about how Russia tried to um, endear themselves to Nintendo. Uh, Mm -hmm. that are incredibly charming but um just just like way too much they in in order to because like hey we have more games or we can manufacture some of the games here for you nintendo we can
0: manufacture even nintendos (laughs) they offered to make nintendos yeah like
1: make the the system like
0: you know we want to sell this in russia what if we manufactured it yeah you imagine like that world (laughs) you know
1: it'd be be very strange i think it was like five years too early for that nintendo was really scared off by the dysfunction that they had seen already yeah of course yes yeah. um, um but but they were like oh uh we could you know for promotion we can launch a soviet rocket that has nintendo emblazoned on the side of it and they're yeah. like eh, probably not <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to launch missiles yeah um, Nintendo missiles and, and they sent some of the uh they sent some of the higher-ups to um oh gosh what's the name of the of the russian like famous famous theater company i forget oh. anyway um yeah, yeah. Uh, they 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 sent them there, f- famous theater in Moscow, uh, and they were sitting right behind Gorbachev mm-hmm. yeah. yeah,
0: Yep. Old Gorby. Yeah. Um, the uh, so because they were just being so generous and stuff, they managed to kind of win over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ilor get the rights to publish for uh, handhelds and consoles, even though at Atari still thought they had the console rights. This is where. Atari's story is that they had the computer rights, but they considered a console to be a computer. Yes. So that's their story. Who knows how much of that is good faith or not? Right. Um, You know, the documentary that I watched presented it as a misunderstanding but we don't know. Yeah. And it didn't have the scary uh, ending music to just tell me that it was fake. Uh, and the, the, you know, the stand by me scroll, it was, it was playing, uh, you
1: know, I know you're going to leave me. <laughs> yeah. So I
0: thought it was you know fun for party times. Right. You know? Right. It, it,
1: it's, it's a little difficult to read a lot of good faith into, uh, into Tengen and Atari's motivations yeah. specifically because they were also reverse engineering a lockout chip. Um, totally. And possibly. And they, they just kind of
0: put it out anyway. And then they yeah. did like the half hearted recall. And then they, Said they were going to appeal and then didn't. Like it's a lot of weird blustering from a dying empire, yes. you know. Is yeah. what it feels like. Yes. Um. But the the a bunch of Nintendo copies of it came out. Um. You can still get a Tengen Tetris mm-hmm. out. Uh. This might have been the first time way I played Tetris actually. Yeah. Was on a Tengen cart because all of those Tengen carts, which were like Tetris, um, Gauntlet was the other big one. Yeah. RBI um, Baseball. RBI Baseball. Like those are all pretty good games. Yeah. Uh. Actually, and like I. Remember the same way I associated gold games, you mm-hmm. know, from Nintendo as being good. Yeah, I associated Tengen games as being good as well. As a I kid. love those
1: cartridges. Yeah, they're, yep. they're, like they're so sleek. dorky. Yeah,
0: yeah, dorky, a little bit sleek, like they're black, like dorky, like sleek in an '80s way. Yeah, like, like, a, like black and like angular, curved, you know. angular, angular and yeah. ribbed. They're little tiny PS3s, actually. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, seem, they seem like micro PS3s, um, in a way that I I just genuinely thought was super cool. Like mm-hmm. I, and then I was like, all things that are a little bit weird card are good. And no. then I found like Wisdom Tree, and yeah. I was like, oh yeah. wait, yeah. wait no. you know, oh hmm, you know,
1: yeah. not was, as good. It was a fun hypothesis for for a yeah, minute. It was a fun, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, I was doing kid science. <laughs>
1: uh, um. But yeah, the 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 majority of the copies um that were still available for sale were pulled from the shelves. Uh, you know from a court order and they got the uh, the e th- the uh, et uh, treatment but
2: mm-hmm.
1: there's still enough in existence that you can get it they're expensive but they exist
0: yeah they exist and i've definitely held one mm-hmm. uh, just like rental places would not give them back right things like that are the way a lot of those made their way into the wild yeah yeah um the uh so and they also just as a, a little side note because we're we'll eventually talk about it just a little bit but Getting the console rights to publish Tetris, you know, there's a lot of uh, kind of focus on the Game Boy mm-hmm. version because obviously it's it's iconic. The Nintendo version of Tetris also a ridiculously huge hit. Yes, from Nintendo, like not the Tengen version, but right. the Nintendo version is also a classic and is really really well loved and sold, you know, several million copies was a huge huge hit. Yes, so it's not just the Game Boy version that this was about. It was also about getting that Nintendo version that ends mm-hmm. up kind of being overshadowed by the. The excellent game boy version
1: yes um and this is where uh, atari was saying like oh it's a com- uh, console is a computer but in yeah. the legal papers it was like it has to have a hard drive it has to have a processor etc yep has to connect they, to a they monitor. actually got like a
0: summary judgment from the judge which is right. like very rare which right. is like we're gonna we have to go to court fuck yep. this it's not wasting <laughs> my time atari <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so um this landed all of this wrangling got uh tetris onto the game boy um, mm-hmm. and this was a huge contributor to Tetris going mainstream, you know, it was yeah. on and the Game Boy
0: going mainstream, yes. right? Like yeah, this, this yeah. is such a, such a perfect fit. Hand in glove. Yep. Ha- absolute hand in glove. Yeah. Um, you know, um, this is where Nintendo was like, Hey, you know, pageant knob, she gets some money for this. And they're like, no, no,
1: no, no, no. no. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't uh, know if you know state. what our whole deal is, but <laughs> yeah,
0: no, 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 The individual, not great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh they ended up uh the the rights to this were just in the hands of the USSR for 10 years. Yes. Eventually, um you know so Pagetnov kept making games mm-hmm. uh for kind of various publishers until eventually in uh later on in 1996 him and Hank Rogers, you know, buddies, started mm-hmm. the Tetris company and eventually bought out that share. Yes. So now when Tetris stuff happens, Peganov gets gets a piece.
1: Yes. Uh, which is like, great. He finally he finally gets his due, which is yep. which is good. There is a very sweet scene in the book where Hank Rogers goes and visits Pajitnov's family mm-hmm. um, at their apartment, and he brought a prototype. Um, he, he brought a prototype Game Boy, and so Pajitnov's kids were some of the first kids ever to play a Game Boy, especially oh. the first people outside of Japan,
0: probably. That's great. Yeah.
1: Um, additionally, Pajitnov did not care for the console version. He didn't like using uh, his left hand to move the pieces, and he thought the screen was too blurry. compared to computer monitor yeah
0: yeah yep yep which which i get yeah um in 2000 um they published these guidelines um and they foresees the tetris guidelines Mm -hmm. which standardizes tetris variants yeah um they also kind of cracked down on these gray market clones that infringed on the the trademark look and feel um that is an unsuccessful crackdown because there are you know i doing the research for this maybe really want a good tetris keychain Uh uh-huh like I was like, "Oh, it, like when I'm in line or whatever, like I'll play a couple rounds of Tetris Fuck it. Yeah. Um and uh it is a gray market paradise even on major marketplaces.
1: Yeah, I've got a, uh, a on, my, on my coffee table, I have a handheld that's almost like a Tiger handheld um version mm-hmm. of Tetris.
0: Yep. That's yeah. a, that's what I want. There's a, the, I guess the 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 in-desire the best one is official. It's a um carabiner mm.
1: shaped thing and I really
0: like to get it, but they're like $90 or something like that. Holy on, shit. On, wow on Amazon so that's not worth it but yeah. um so th- this didn't really work but they started actually kind of treating it like this non you know like an actual piece of intellectual property not yeah. just this thing that belongs to everybody mm-hmm. um and those standardized tetris variants those standardized rules which we we talked about kind of come but now like to be an official tetris that spin in place thing is tetris yes you know the the whole piece that is tetris mm-hmm. yeah
1: so. yeah um, they've worked with lots of publishers, including Ubisoft kind of, uh, awfully, and then electronic Arts, who got this mostly on, uh, onto mobile devices. Uh, mm-hmm. but Tetris famously, um, more ported than doom. Uh, it's available yep. on everything. It's been played on the side of, uh, it's been played on the side of a building in Philadelphia. I believe it's been played. It was mm-hmm. the first game played on, uh, played in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yep. Uh, it is the seventh most, I think, popular game franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the world, which, you know, doesn't sound great, but then you realize there are a lot of franchises. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> sure, surely not more popular yeah. in gay, days gone by. So,
1: the, so, um, yeah. uh, sec- second most popular uh, digital game uh, behind Minecraft. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. yep. Um, just just incredibly ubiquitous on everything. And there are so many different variations of which we're not going to get to all of them when we start right. talking about them. But um, Pejinov considers kind of the next thing to do for Tetris to have better head-to-head competitive play. Right. Um, so uh, – the idea was to make this an eSport. Um, this eventually kind of came to be um, in 2015. They, the Tetris World Championships started mm-hmm. um, in L.A. Uh, from somebody who found out. So the first person who made a uh, perfect game, mm-hmm. which is uh, getting the, the top score, was contacted to create a documentary, uh, which then turned into the championship, which now happen every year at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, yeah. which we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, every year that we're working at, I've never actually watched live. Neither have I. I've, I've, I I've only into caught. it, but I'm at work. I've, I've only caught know?
1: slices of it.
0: Yeah, um, I, you
1: know. Yeah, but, and, and you can see that you can. Uh, there, there, there's a good documentary called um uh, Ecstasy, "Ecstasy of, of order, order," which is yeah. uh, the, the perfect name for that. It's
0: the be- absolutely best name yeah. for for a ta- Tetris documentary, mm-hmm. um, and it has the cadence of a sports movie, so it's like watchable. Yes. Like anything that is has the beats of a sports movie, I think is very watchable. Yeah, you know,
1: uh, like there uh, the, are the characters that you identify and root for. Like it's mm-hmm. fun to see the the participants interact with each other. And th- mm-hmm. th- Thor's story, Thor, the kid yeah. who won the first uh, Nintendo Grand Championship, like yeah, just yeah. the tr- like the fact that he is just this tragic mystery for the whole first half of the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good stuff. Yeah. Um. The uh, and extremely high level Tetris play. Yes. Super fun to watch. Yes so impressive (laughs) uh just you know really really cool because it's not like so like i can watch high level league of legends play Mm -hmm. and no matter what the takeaway is i don't get it right like it's too complicated but i'm pretty okay at tetris yeah so watching masters play at you you can process it a little bit better that universality makes it better as a spectator sport Mm -hmm. because it'd be like watching a soccer game where everybody can play soccer pretty well. Yeah. But then you're watching people who are literally the best in the world at it, mm-hmm. you know, whereas opposed to generally with spectator things, there's a kind of a little bit of a barrier to entry. Yes. You know, a barrier to relation, I
1: guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of fun to like, look at somebody's strategy to look at the way they make decisions and the look mm-hmm. at the way that they try to bounce back, um, yeah. bounce back from mistakes. Um, yeah. it's all relatable. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: No. Uh
0: let's kinda of, we have a section here in the notes are bits and bobs. You're just miscellaneous. Tetris, Tetrisisms, Tetrisy yeah. things. <laughs> let's let's talk about some Tetrisy things.
1: Yeah. Um. So the music, uh, incredibly famous. This is actually part of the Tetris guidelines. You have to have Korobaniki in your game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aka the-,
0: the Tetris song, the, the one you know. Yes. Um. Translated to the peddlers. Yeah. Um, talk about
1: peddlers? Has lyrics and stuff. It's like it, yeah. it. It talks about this young relationship in in the terms of like a business deal mm-hmm yeah. yeah weird yep
0: <laughs> uh, the uh so one of the things that it kind of is part of that marketing bit in the beginning but also um is worth noting is that like so i can't remember the exact figure in the stand by me closing credits whose decision this was mm-hmm. but uh may it wasn't nintendo right. um, who made the decision to take the kind of alienness of this because that's yeah. what russia was kind of considered being so insular and marketed as such right so the uh the russianness of tetris like Versions in the 80s and 90s. Now they all seem like they're some kind of VR game that you'd play on Star Trek. Yeah. But early on, they all were just like very Russian. Right. Um, really heavily on Russian imagery. Most of the iconic cover of it actually has the word Tetris in Russian mm-hmm. and then in smaller parentheses in English. Yeah. Um, they really, really leaned on, on this.
1: Yeah. In a way that kind of in hindsight feels incredibly tacky.
0: Like, a little bit
1: yeah it just there's so it's a strong identity but also like i can't imagine being somebody from russia looking at that like it it has this flavors of this weird like orientalism
0: a little bit yeah i mean i can see that it's also just it's very silly though yes. too <laughs> like the little guys doing that dance like i don't yeah. get offended by zengief doing that dance with gorbachev at the end of <laughs> Two. Right. Um, you know yeah. and it's and like, it's big enough to not you know, it might fly by some radars because of of the bigness of it. I guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and also, like, it's really funny if you get a high enough score. Like, there's a UFO on the launch pad, and the actual like the the uh, Kremlin or the cathedral by the Kremlin takes off instead of the rocket. That's mm-hmm. so all incredibly of, goofy.
0: A lot of little like references and stuff. There's a oh. like at one point in one of the versions, a uh, a biplane lands.
1: Oh yeah. Like in
0: front of the Kremlin, which is a real thing in Russia, Swear <laughs> like there's all these little, little history Easter eggs about Russia. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, 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 almost ruined one of the deals. Um, one of the early deals that was with mirror which was part of this business empire run by the Maxwell's, which mm-hmm. was like, like incredibly crazy, like headed up by a guy who was allegedly a Mossad agent. Like, yeah, it just if you mm-hmm. read if, like his story was one of the more interesting parts of that book. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but uh but unfortunately it was mostly about this ex massad agent uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: breaking the necks of uh trade agreements and <laughs> yeah, right. summarily executing uh inclusion clauses. Yes. You know, mostly. <laughs> so
1: yeah. he, he tried to argue that piano wire was a computer.
0: Yeah, ex- yeah. exactly The uh, no. yeah. um so the the term the Tetris effect, not the game,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, was coined by Jeffrey Goldsmith Wired magazine. Uh and that is very specifically the phenomenon in which you uh, see Tetris pieces after you play the game, where mm-hmm. you start kind of breaking down shapes in real life as if they were Tetris pieces. Yes,
1: it is specifically a form of hypnagogic imagery or yeah. waking dream.
0: I've straight up done that to human beings. <laughs> what? Like I, have, I during my most Tetrisy phase of my life, I would like look at people and then imagine them as Tetris blocks. Mm-hmm fitting together and they're they're human beings with thoughts and dreams but i was thinking of them (laughs) as l's and j's uh going through and just creating perfect order out of the world
1: (laughs) that sounds like a Junji ito story
0: (laughs) yeah it was it was uh it was a lot yeah during we'll get to it when we talk about the the apps you know the tetris addiction
1: yeah addiction yep um, Patrick was actually asked about this effect and like, he said, like, Oh, I know what you're talking about. Like, I don't think it's anything special. Like he, he actually like, likened video games to music and he says, Oh, this is no different than like getting a song stuck in your head.
0: It definitely feels different to me, but yeah. to, to his point, it's not, you know, I don't think it's inherently harmful or anything. The way I described it sounded very scary, but right, right. Like, uh, and I've also, uh, the two other, there's only two other games I've gotten this with. Uh huh. Uh, And it's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and Katamari Damachi. uh, And those are the two that I have had Tetris Effect things for. Like with Katamari, I've walked down the street imagining a Katamari rolling up things as I pass. Yeah. And I have walked down the street and imagined a Tony Hawk next to me skating down lines Uh as I walk.
1: Yeah. Um, I, that happened to me with both of those happens to me a great deal with Guitar Hero and Rock Band, especially oh, when driving. Oh,
0: i actually had that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And driving makes that dangerous, dude. Yeah. Like you're playing audio surf in your car, <laughs> swerving wildly to England, to America, certain, uh, England, certain America. notes, aka pedestrians. <laughs> <laughs> the um, to score points.
1: Yeah. Um, edgy. Death <laughs> um... Uh, slightly before that article, though, you know, Tetris had made its way into me- actual psychological neuroscience medical research. Um, uh, Dr. Richard Heyer used Tetris to study brain plasticity and energy use- usage by injecting people with radioactive glucose and then putting them into a PET scan machine um, before and after they had played a bunch of Tetris. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is kind of how he made the discovery about specifically brain plasticity and the way basically grooves are implanted into our brains so that when we get better at something, high-level performance takes less energy than when we're worse at it, which was Mm -hmm. not – like that. they actually thought it was the other way around. They thought that no matter how good you were at something, high-level play or high-level performance took more energy. So – Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: In uh, 2009, so relatively recently, based on what we're we're talking about here, um, Dr. Emily Holmes published a paper in the PLOS One about how Tetris can serve as kind of a vaccine for PTSD. So if you have a trauma, and then you play a bunch of Tetris right afterwards, it will actually stop the kind of visual language and memories Mm -hmm. uh, from building up. Yeah, uh, which is great.
1: A big deal. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. You know, like that's cool. (laughs) Just, just just, the idea that a certain kind of task, that a certain just fixation on visual and spatial um, mm-hmm. uh, information for a certain amount of time at a particular time after an event can just form a roadblock. And like, I remember exactly what happened, but I don't feel – you know, I'm not really the, the trauma over and over again.
0: Yeah. 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 Which is pretty neat. I can't, yeah. you know, I just imagine like if I had gone through a, a traumatic, traumatic thing and then they were like, here, play some Tetris. Like you know. it might I be hard for me to just go along with it. Yeah. You know, but um, I do. I, there is some this kind of like a feel of truthiness to this, too, in that like when I have had traumatic things, mm-hmm. um, seeking out an activity that uh, simulates this much of my brain. Mm hmm is really welcome yes you know like tetris is not one of those things where it's like you like you know sewing and talking like you do have to focus on tetris it's a little bit more than than something you'd literally just do with with your hands Mm -hmm. you know like you can listen to a podcast and play tetris but when i do that i find myself missing bits of the podcast from time to time yeah you know it it does require a little bit more of your brain than you might think Mm -hmm.
1: yeah Um, Uh, but she's like leading these um kind of initiatives to get tetris into hospitals Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically which i don't know well, at the very least it gives it you something to do <laughs> yeah
0: i would like just you know let me play with the tetris machine while i'm waiting for news mm-hmm. you know um and there's a tetris movie that's being made there you know so you hear about that every once in a while that's happening mm-hmm. um don't know what that's gonna be like uh you know probably not great <laughs> you know <laughs> just like it's yeah I, like, I, it, I, can't I can't
1: imagine me. it being great yeah <laughs> yeah
0: maybe maybe i'll be wrong yeah, uh i was wrong know, about
1: the lego movie like
0: we're, yeah, Lego movie's great. Uh-huh. we I watched Lego Batman again. I love that movie. Oh, yeah. Um worst case scenario, it's a bunch of like DreamWorks ass like Tetris pieces that that fart and have relationships and stuff. Yeah. Um best case scenario, it is an alien virus Yes. that looks like Tetris and it's a really bleak movie and it ends humanity. So let's yeah. figure out which one of those two it is. <laughs> um so as we mentioned uh, earlier, Tetris is why we think of puzzle games as being, you know, games where things fall from the sky. Right. Um, there are a lot of games that do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and Tetris is the reason.
1: Yep. Tremendously influential. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we talked about like Puyo Pop, um, you know, columns, you know, and. Dr. Kind of, Mario. Yeah. We, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Which, which is, is, just is a Puyo. Puyo. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's
1: a Puyo. Yeah. Uh, Alexey Pajanov got, got credit. I forget the name of it, but just for a Western board of Puyo Pop which mm-hmm. is kind of ridiculous. They just put his face on it, which is weird. Yeah.
0: It's very funny face.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'd, I'd buy it. It would inspire confidence. Uh, yeah. And then also like, you know, probably you can draw a line between that and like bejeweled and stuff, you know? Sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. of course. And, in kind of in a grander way, the idea that kind of casual gaming can be lucrative. Yes. Um, very famously when uh, Nintendo was considering sending Hank Rogers to go get the uh, rights for, for this, uh, for game boy. Um, the president of Nintendo at the time gave Tetris for the weekend to uh, Miyamoto Mm -hmm. uh, and said, uh, you know, after the weekend, asked him, like, is this a good game? He said yes, uh, and he asked why, and he said, because your aunt could play it. Yes. uh, Was his answer. So, like, that's a, a, you know, that idea, that kind of casualness being seen as a selling point, Mm -hmm. um, this is arguably one of the very, if not the first, one of the first instances of that, and if not the first the biggest early instance of that yeah yeah and
1: and definitely probably one of the earliest times where that was done intentionally and by and by design right yes
0: like before somebody asked me i was like oh you know like moms loved playing king's quest and stuff shut up (laughs) you know what we mean the uh stop it stop (laughs) being that way (laughs) um you know better (laughs) um
1: (laughs) yeah so, uh, um, and th- th- this yeah. is my read, so I won't make you read it, but like, there is, there is possibly, you know, like I would draw a line between this and rhythm games, you know, any number of games that use the vocabulary of, uh, you know, things falling like that.
0: Sure. I mean, I can, I can kind of, I can kind of see it like, no. they're both kind of, you know, describing even rock band as a rhythm game, even though you play in rhythm mm-hmm. is a little bit weird. Yeah. You know, they both, they all kind of start that line of being like reflex based action games with some kind of time element yes to them you know and the same way that rhythm isn't a great way to describe you know rock band like especially like you know one fourth rock band is singing yeah (laughs) you know um the uh is the same way that puzzle even though that's what these are it's not a very descriptive or good word for this right right
1: you know you know the, the only true puzzle game that i recognize is zoop yeah
0: yep um let's uh let's talk about um before we get to this, these kind of variations and stuff, let's talk about those things that were added that are officially Tetris. Yes. Because we, we laid out the basic building blocks. Um, hold piece is an official Tetris thing, and mm-hmm. that means you can you have a piece coming and you can swap it out uh, and have one in reserve and can swip, switch between them once per kind of drop.
1: Yes. Um, adi- uh, additionally, they added the ability to forever spin. So mm-hmm. it, it uh, uh, increases the time it takes once a block touches the bottom uh, mm-hmm. before it locks into place, and it resets that time if you rotate the piece. Alongside yes. this, they added wall kicking, which is a way for um, pieces to get over humps in the geometry, everything yes. except for the square piece.
0: Yep. So they can kind of climb over it in a way that feels physics-y. Um, yeah. And then also um, an up next, yeah. you know, showing you how many pieces are on their way. Yeah. Um, you know, that is a, an official part of Tetris. There are variations of how many. Mm-hmm. It's going to show you in advance. Yeah. But they will show you. It's at least so,
1: one. Uh, I think the maximum that they put in the guidelines is 6.
0: Yeah. Uh three in in new Tetris, the one I am most familiar with. Yes. But um uh but then there are also these things that are kind of variations that are not necessarily Part of the, the elemental core Tetris,
1: right? Things, things that happened along the way before the Tetris company codified a bunch of things. Yes, So there are like different camps. There's the Eureka, uh, uh kind of school of Tetris games. There's Sega variants, Atari's variant, etc. cetera. Um, and mm-hmm. there are different ways that these can vary specifically. Like scoring is different, uh, you know, on different things down to um, what is rewarded. So like, do they reward combos you know, mm-hmm. are they going to incentivize you getting a bunch of getting a bunch of small clears in a row versus always setting up for a tetris? Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Um, are you going to specifically reward t spinning, which is a thing that has its own efficacy? Yeah, but it oftentimes get separate rewards. This is when you take a t block um, and you push it into a space. You kind of uh, essentially wall kick it yeah. into a space that uh, it ordinarily would you know, it'd fit in but could not get into. Right. Um, so is that going to, are you going to get extra points for all clearing? So clearing your board at the bottom,
1: right? Yeah. Uh, so like rewarding different, uh, kind of risks that you would take almost. Um, mm-hmm. so that, which I think, uh, like, I like it when this happens, my favorite version of Tetris, uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris, uh, uh, rewards all of these things so that mm-hmm. there's not just one maximum strategy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, uh, is the game random? So, like, is are the Tetris pieces random? The NES Tetris is truly random. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they use weighted kind of grabs yeah. based on the condition uh, to to do that. So most Tetris games actually do this mm-hmm. um, since 2000. But initially, the NES Tetris was truly random. That's one of the things that people complain about, saying Tetris is too easy, mm-hmm. is that it's not random.
1: Right. Uh, the most common algorithm is grab bag uh, so mm-hmm. that it takes all seven pieces and then hand them to, hands them to you randomly and then dispenses another seven. So the most time that can go between uh, different long blocks is 12. Yes. Yeah. Yep. As opposed to getting something that uh, Ecstasy of Order talks about and even features in screen counters is droughts which happened. Yeah. Um, you know, like 30, 40 pieces between L pieces, which is the undoing of a lot of people when they play NES or Game Boy Tetris.
0: Yes. Yep. It just, yeah, it does not happen.
1: Yep.
0: Um, sometimes the pieces will not rotate by the center. They will rotate by a, p- a corner mm-hmm. of the piece, which doesn't sound like it matters. But if you know, in a vacuum, it doesn't, but once you are down near the bottom of your well, yeah, That definitely matters because it's what you're going to run up into as far as friction.
1: Yes. Um, And especially when things are moving very quickly, uh, you want to understand exactly what is going to happen when you rotate. Mm -hmm. Um, How the game speeds up is another thing, too. Um, On kind of the Nintendo Tetris, uh, it would speed up every 10 lines. Um, and it would get very, uh, very fast, very quickly, like in big steps, whereas tank and Tetris and the Eureka Tetris games, it gets faster logarithmically. So you kind of like gradually notice it getting faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and there are a bunch of different game modes with different goals. Um, we're going to talk about those when we talk about kind of some specific Tetrises, uh, things, mm-hmm. um, in a general sense, I'm going to say that I don't care for these, which yeah. is a wide-sweeping statement because there are probably, at this point, hundreds of them. Yeah. Um, I have owned a lot of different Tetrises in my time. hmm I never play with these. No. I try each of them once or twice, and then they are never a substitute for a Tetris to me. Right. Yeah. Um, but these are going to be – these are weird things like – um Oh, you know, there are bomb blocks every once in a while, or you actually just move around the centerpiece mm-hmm. and catch Tetris blocks, yeah. or it's both sides working towards the middle or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, which is a push, known as push, Yeah, uh, that variant, things like that. I just don't care um, about them. Like, it's a weird thing where, like, the simplicity and the perfection of Tetris, like, did get improved by adding some of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like, I like whole blocks. I like seeing what's next. I like the grab bag. Um, but I do not care to fundamentally change the rules of Tetris. Right. Um, Um, it's not
1: interesting to me. The halfway exception for me is sometimes I will get into, um, competing with myself on some of the modes that are included in the, uh, the, the Tetris company guidelines. So like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have 40 lines to clear to get the highest score or you have to clear, um, you know, see, see how many points or how many lines you can clear in a certain amount of time those Mm -hmm. are fun but primarily i want to play tetris the same way i've been playing it since game boy which is for time like i want to just see how long i can last
0: yep how long you can that is my favorite form of tetris like every once in a while there's like a puzzle mode kind of thing that's involved in tetris effect i played quite a bit of yeah um it's the most i've ever gone in on any of those Mm -hmm. um and it was just because i was still horned for the aesthetic um you know generally though yeah 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 but that doesn't, you don't, you don't have to think that if you're listening to this, like people yeah. love those and that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, where I come down on it, like we're going to talk about them, but I just don't, you know, my personal biases, I don't care for them. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so there are several uh, kind of variants and follow-ups to Tetris. Yes. Um, so these are, I have kind of, uh, you know, there's not really another place to put this, but I did want to talk about. Shitty tetrises. (laughs) I've got, I've got
1: them there under flights of fancy, Gary.
0: Flights of fancy are shitty tetrises. Okay, (laughs) Uh, because shitty tetrises are worth talking about. Yes, Um, (laughs) some of which were made by uh, Pajanov (laughs) Um, some of which were not.
1: Yeah. There, there, there is a very good video that I pulled, uh, I'm citing sources like crazy here today. I'm sorry about that. Uh, but there's a video by a YouTuber named the devu, uh, called other games by the guy who made Tetris. It's like a 40 minute video that talks about a lot of those weirdos that Pajitnov was either involved with or purported to be involved with. Um, and there is some crazy shit there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's also a lot of like yeah, I think I think you've got the yeah, okay, just I'm looking through the flights of fancy, <laughs> aka shitty Tetrises. I just wanted to make sure that was there because I was gonna mention a specific one that you worked on that's really terrible. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. Uh so let's starting kind of going through these these canon Tetrises until yeah. we get to the garbage Tetrises. Mm-hmm. Um we have the Nintendo Tetris, the one made by Nintendo
3: mm-hmm.
0: um in nineteen eighty nine, uh almost simultaneously with the Tenkin one. Yes, um, this has our randomized order. So mm-hmm. there are droughts, as we mentioned. Some people really love this. And because of that, this is the version that is played for the classic Tetris World
1: Championship. Yes.
0: Um, because it is the most challenging version and because it has that randomness, which is very appealing to, uh, you know, it levels a playing field.
1: Yes. Uh, it weeds people out quicker, whereas Tangent Tetris, you can just play for hours and hours. Yeah. Um, this is the version that I played. You know, this is probably the first version that a lot of people played. Um, mm-hmm. You know, lumping this together, um, you know, the NES version and obviously the Game Boy version. Um, mm-hmm. the Game Boy, you know, like, it? I didn't understand it at the time, but like my dad would ask to borrow my Game Boy when I went to visit and he would he all, I was like, Hey, do you want to, I got a new game at Super Mario Land Two. It's very good. No, just Tetris.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this is the, uh, you know, there was a, the, uh, the, you know, the Game Boy version of this as well. Mm-hmm. Like in addition to the Nintendo version, the Nintendo version is what's used for the championship. Yeah. The Game Boy version is the one that a lot of people played. It is a little blurry and such, but mm-hmm. it is still eminently playable yeah. and was such a just absolutely genius pack in mm-hmm. thing because it had that longevity. Yes. Like play, doing this research also made me want to get a great, like I have a gray block Game Boy, but it's been modded. Oh yeah, get a classic one with Tetris that is just a a Tetris machine. Yeah, that will last until you know two hundred years after I die. <laughs> you know, um the Tengen Tetris was a little different. i came out around the same time. um Atari hired a man named Ed Log. It's
1: so the guy who did uh, like there. Asteroids. Um, <laughs> it, like the f- famous Atari developer did a bunch of more yep. arcade games. Yeah.
0: Um, so he rebuilt Tetris to use their own uh, programming. Um, and he kind of changed some of those, those tweaked those variables on how the game got harder. Yeah. So as we mentioned, um, it gets, uh, it doesn't have the speed, you know, it doesn't have that speed plateau. It gets harder gradually mm-hmm. or gets faster gradually. Yeah. Um, this included a head to head two player mode. Yes. Which the Nintendo version did not have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I forget cause I've never played this multiplayer. I forget if this is the first one that included throwing garbage, um, at enemies, uh, not enemies, yeah. at the other person that you're playing as uh playing against who is temporarily your enemy um yeah but you know there that there is a school of thought that this is the superior version um compared to the nintendo tetris to me it kind of seems like trade-offs one way or the other you know
0: yeah yeah i i never uh never did competitive tetris no as a kid um and in general that that's not not Tetris for me, right? Um, the uh, so I ended up playing a lot of the Nintendo version, but I rented the the Tengen version. Yeah, as mentioned, the Tengen version was the first one I played, and then I saw Nintendo made it. I thought it was a sequel, mm-hmm. uh, because I did not really know how when games came out, right, at the time, and then played the almost the exact same game with <laughs> different
1: graphics, right? Um, let's get into some garbage. Yeah, let's do this. This is uh, this is good stuff. Uh, the, the, yeah. this could be a whole season on abject suffering.
0: Yeah, the the bad Tetris variants, and there are even more. There's some more of them that I want. to mention uh yeah. in here as well that i i did research but i i which i consider to be kaizo tetrises <laughs> um, there is a cottage industry of kaizo tetris yeah as well which i, I think I, is really great
1: i must mess, i messed around with that Like we can talk we can talk about those at the end of this because those a lot of those are relatively yeah. recent yeah
0: yeah and they're they're not you know most of this is in in uh in chronological order but those i'm not going to because then if, what if the last thing we talk about on this on the show is like helltress four <laughs> you know i don't want to do that like no. you know we'll just get them in the in the we'll categorize by by subject here yes yeah. Um so Hatris uh was a game made by paginoff It has a tiny little cartoon paginoff that comes mm-hmm. and helps you out and remove some hats, which is yeah. cute. Um this is like a thing's called falling from the ceiling puzzle game where you're stacking hats on identical men. Yeah. At the bottom and they have to have a certain number of hats before they disappear. This is uh-huh. one of those things where like this could stand to be more abstract. Yeah. You know, the fact that Tetris blocks just exist and they don't represent anything is part of its universal appeal. Right. Uh, this, is, this is very weird that these men just have to stare forward until they get enough hats <laughs> of the same hat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the, like, the interest in this comes because you have two different hats that fall next to each other. So it's yes. not just like, oh, here's a top hat. This goes on the left guy. You have to, you know, maneuver them so you get enough in a row. Yeah.
0: yeah. You have to man- manage the hats. Yes. Um, this is fine. I You know, I don't. I don't know. I don't I don't like it that much. It's okay. I played played a good nugget of it. It's for this.
1: I think it's too slow. Um yeah. so, they, so both this and Wordtress, which is another game that I that, that, that I uh I forgot to put on here, but it bears mentioning. Um Wordress, you know, things drop and you you spell words with it. Both of these are too slow and the game board is too small.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Would agree. Um what I actually did do like is Welltress.
1: Yeah, I um, came around on this. Um, yeah. It is baffling to watch, but when you play it, you can understand.
0: Yeah. yeah. So this is, um, you're looking down at a 3D well. There are four walls, and you're looking kind of at the bottom mm-hmm. of the uh, the Tetris board. And you can rotate uh, the pieces all the way around a little bit like Tempest. Um, and then when they drop down, they will continue to fall until they hit the opposite side of the bottom of the well mm-hmm. or another block. Yes. So they'll kind of hit the bottom and then move forward um if they end up poking off the side of the well that well becomes red and you can't use that wall for a time right um i thought this was kind of fun Mm -hmm. none you know whenever any of these things that i'm going to damn with faint praise uh none of them are tetris good right like they didn't give me get like hook me i just thought this was this was interesting and kind of fun and i've always liked that um that kind of tempest perspective Mm mm-hmm
1: Yeah, Yeah. Um, the behavior of the different blocks—if you drop it on a um, corner—and the the way they kind of transpose the the momentum, like it's unpredictable in a way that I think makes for bad puzzles, but makes for fun kind of emergent situations. Yeah, because it is your your expectation versus the batchet thing that actually executes.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there are rules to that. It's just not intuitive, right? Like you can—you there are inputs you can put to determine which way it lands. Right. Um, it's not intuitive and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make sense
1: in your hands. <laughs> right. <Yep>. Um, <laughs> the next Matrix one here, is unplayable. F- f- uh, yeah. F- faces dot, dot, dot space. Tris three, the third yeah. entry in the Tetris trilogy.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: so the,
0: yeah. Unplayable.
1: Unplayable. Um, the aesthetic of this is super spooky to me. Like yeah. what, what if there was a horror, uh, puzzle game, uh, but this is like te- like Hattress, except you're trying to make complete faces. So it's not just stacking like with like, there is a definite bottom, middle, and top that you're trying to go. So like, you know, there's order that you have to uh, factor in as well.
0: The scariest part of this, so you're, when we say make faces, the faces are split up in a component Parts like imagine a face quad
1: imagine uh, that you that, that, that you put somebody's um face into one of those weird uh little mandolin things to cut eggs yes. for salads
0: yep you yeah. made a face salad <laughs> and imagine the stockpile of pieces for this where you just have this huge pile of errant chins <laughs> like freestanding loose chins yep Like, here's all my foreheads. Stay away Uh from my forehead pile. It reminds me, there's a comedian I really loved. Uh, When I went to New York, I went, and I can't remember his name, but it's like, and it's just, it's one of those one line jokes, but it's, if you didn't know what it is, a lady footlocker is a really scary concept. (laughs) 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 And that's what this made me think of. Yeah,
1: That's very good.
0: Um... (laughs) But, yeah, it's uh, – and this is – the difference between – you might think that this basically just sounds like Hattress, but, like, instead of finding like things, you're trying to find uh, sequential ones. You want to find a chin, a mouth, an eyes, and then a forehead. But also they are one block – they have one block between them. Right. So in Hattress, they're right next to each other. You just swap these. And that mm-hmm. makes it so much easier than this one where you where they're one block between them. Right. Like if you get to the edge of the the well, you can't go over any further. Mm-hmm. So the the leftmost piece that is joined – Uh, in this triad of face, space, face, will never go all the way to the right. Right. Even if you need it there. Yeah. So really, really unplayable. Like, really, really dire.
1: No good. Yeah. 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 Uh,
0: Tetris 2, which I know has some fans. Right. Um, Tetris 2 came out in 1993. um, And this has, you can play just regular Tetris on it. Mm Mm-hmm. But then there's a variant variant where there are these weird kind of they kind of look like Tetris pieces, but they're disconnected and they behave like Doctor Mario pills.
1: Yes, uh, the color of the piece matters. That that is what eliminates. And the board starts out with you know some special blocks that you're trying to get rid of, very mm-hmm. similar to Doctor Mario. Yeah. Um. And I'm just not used to Tetris pieces breaking. Like I, uh, I don't I don't want to set up combos in in Tetris. No,
0: no, I don't even really want to set up combos in Dr. Mario. Yeah. Like, I don't even really like Dr. Mario that much. I know that's kind of blasphemy for you know some people, mm-hmm. but like, I don't, I, you know, it's, the other kind of like variants of well puzzle, right? Kind of games, I'm pretty limited in the ones I like. Like,
1: yeah. I'm pretty about these. I, 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 I could leave Puyo Pop in, in a ditch beside the side of a road and feel like my burden in life has been lightened, but Puyo Pop
0: is basically. Dr. Mario, but the pieces fall, right? Like they, they disconnect on, on, on yeah.
1: Yeah. And there, and there are no start starter blocks. They are, you know, there, there are no uh, virus blocks that you have to get rid of. Yeah, yeah.
0: I played a little bit of. of, I know we we have it. We're gonna talk about later. I played a little bit of it because I was like, oh yeah, there's there's this new Tetris variant I haven't played, Mm -hmm. and the story stuff killed me. It's 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 yelling anime characters. It's like made me want to die. Yeah, I was just like, this is why would you add this to Tetris? (laughs) What is wrong with you? Like, why would you have a story about screaming anime characters in your Tetris Mm -hmm. game?
1: Yeah, well, we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about it down there. the The only combo based um, game like this that I get crazy about is tetris Mm. attack and there Mm. is something about the speed of that and there is something about swapping things that are visible compared to like having the having the drops Mm -hmm. uh, show up with limited information that plays into the way that i plan better Mm. Yeah. yeah so tetris 2 i think was just the worst of all worlds for me
0: it was just, like, a primitive version of it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, is, is there is that kind of time. Most, like, I love uh, Luminous. Uh-huh. And I played a lot of that uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Puzzle of the Night or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a combo-based kind of falling from the sky thing. But Tetris 2 just didn't work for me, partly because it gains nothing from taking the visual language of Tetris. Like, right. it's only going to work against my assumptions, mm-hmm. not for them. I'd rather have these just be totally different objects. Right. So I'm not, you know, reading the visual language of Tetris as an instinct. Mm-hmm. Hair instinct uh, that comes <laughs> later yes. the um so i actually missed wild snake i don't know wild snake wild I snake is actually my research
1: so this popped up in um that video that i mentioned you know other games by alexey Pajitnov. uh wild snake is actually really good um, hmm. if you want to look up a video of it here, so originally for the SNES, but there is a, uh, there, there's a game boy version of it as well. Uh, you've got snakes who fall into the well. Uh, they are different colored snakes and as they fall, you steer them, um, left and right. Um, almost a little bit like snake, uh, you know, the video, mm-hmm. the video game snake. Um, and so you kind of control the way that they are, um, you know, squiggled through the bottom of the well. Um, uh, like snakes eliminate snakes like them. So a green, a green snake will eliminate a green snake if they touch. Uh um, mm-hmm. there are kind of like special snakes that will fall, um, that do different kinds of eliminations. Uh, and you can set up, uh, chain reactions with them as well. So it is not strictly the, um, uh, uh, gosh, Tetris, you, you know, taking things as they come and, you, you know, solving it row by row there's a little bit of like puyo action color match action to this but mm. it is uh it just it, it hit a lot of sweet spots for, for me uh specifically in terms of like unpredictability and combo uh mm-hmm. kind of stuff that happened because when you clear blocks like the snakes will continue in the path that they were facing so you can like steer you know set it up the set up a combo so the snakes are going to steer in a way that is uh that is uh, advantageous to you. And I've said mm-hmm. Snake so much that it has lost all meaning.
0: Yeah. Uh, serpent.
1: Yes. There we go. <laughs> uh, Wild Serpent. pagetnov is uh, credited on this as like a special thanks or as um, the initial concept or what have you. And he's uh, featured on a lot of the marketing kind of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But it
1: was developed by Bulletproof and published by Spectrum Holobite. So the usual suspects.
0: Yeah, it was really just at one point like Pageantoff was hanging out, and he's like, "What the if snake but Tetris?" So yeah,
3: you know, <laughs> like
0: yes, go with it. Yep, you make know? it. Put my face yeah, on. Make it. it.
3: Yeah. What the
0: if sex but Tetris? <laughs> yeah, I was... uh, I'm, I'm whereas sixty nine, and I'm here to say, let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> sexstress. <laughs> yeah, spam man, sexstress, is really something. Yeah. Um, the uh, so three D Tetris. Is a Virtual Boy game. Yes, you know. So if you're looking to complete that collection, uh, and this is what it sounds like—you're filling up a cube with Tetris pieces mm-hmm. um, in 3D. Um, there's a game from 1989 called Blockout that does this. I think this is cool. Any mm-hmm. of these kind of 3D variants that are not uh, Tetrisphere, I'm into. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I can. My mind works very well. There's a the 3D uh, breakout game that I'm thinking about that is kind of like this, except it's breakout. Like you move oh, the uh, I, yeah panel no
1: chip- was that like that that was initially like chip- a um uh like like a u force game or something right yes. yeah yeah yeah
0: um I think I have always kind of like that kind of thing yeah um and this this reminds me of that um I'm into this uh, I've never played it because it's on Virtual Boy and I haven't fucked around with Virtual Boy emulation yet much yeah. to my chagrin mm-hmm. um but yeah it uh, this is cool yeah um Tetrisphere is incomprehensible uh, it is the it's a game of Tetris played on layers around a spheroid shape. Mm-hmm. Um, you can move pieces even once they're set, but only when they're glowing. Um, there is a long tutorial with a tiny little robot with a mortarboard yeah. uh, that I was watching, and I just uh, did not, could not grok it. it. You know, one of the common elements of, like, Tetris variants that don't work for me is that I find Tetris to be, its intuitiveness to be, like, a huge strength. Yes. And I want to be able to sit down and just know it. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe not know all the the later strategies and stuff mm-hmm. like I sat down and played tetris ninety nine I just knew how to play Tetris. I yeah. did pretty well because I'm okay at Tetris when I first played it. now it's full of like masters of the game and it's unplayable right but at the time, you know i did uh you know did pretty well with it, just knowing Tetris without knowing these advanced strategies. I want to be able to know the basic rules
1: mm-hmm. you know just from
0: sitting down and looking at it right um can I talk about some kaizo tetrises
1: yes the the, the, the right. this makes sense to talk about them here.
0: Um, so there are a couple of different, uh, variants that I saw that I ran into. Um, the three of them that I think are interesting to me, um, are, and they all experiment with taking away things that are elemental to Tetris or generally they, they, they experiment with that mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, to, to bad effect right. on purpose. <laughs> so, uh, there is one, uh, where there is, a, uh, or I guess there are four of them I want to talk about, um, Campino's which is a game that gives you multiple levels of, uh, polyomino- Okay. So you start off with Tetra tetrads tetris, pieces, but depending on the challenge, the number of pieces per block can go up or down. Oh, geez. So it can, can become a, uh, a thing where, uh, you know, you get a 10 piece block or 10 block piece, uh, which is impossible to place. Um, but just like, you know, Tetris only works if there are four blocks. If you fuck with that, becomes bad yep um there are variants these things called bastet and hatress um which are tetris except they mess with the algorithm and they try (laughs) to give you the worst piece yep and i think those are really fun
1: this is really yeah i I
0: think i kind of love
1: i kind of love hatress
0: yeah hatress is very fun um getting the worst piece because you at first you know it sounds silly on its face like oh like i could i could probably do that just give me all the z pieces fam i got this (laughs) you know i could Sometimes the Z piece is not your worst piece, my friend like, yeah <laughs> they they will give you it's pretty amazing how it works yeah um kind of cute uh, is first person Tetris oh, yeah. which uh, presents as playing Tetris on your Nintendo, but every time you rotate a piece, the screen rotates as well <laughs>
1: um, so, 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 so the piece so the piece always looks the same from your perspective
0: yes so the uh, the, the piece looks the same from your perspective, but the the whole screen rotates. So in effect, it is rotating, but your controls change. So like, <laughs> if it rotates to the right, you have to hold right to drop it. Um, it's nauseating. I'm sure uh, to play because if you rapidly spin, the entire screen uh, spins really rapidly, and none of the other rules are changed. So it's still just Tetris. If you could get over the interface thing, you know, it mm-hmm. just uh, it just works. Yeah. But then my my favorite variation that, or the most creative one I think are thing various not Tetrises, um, which. Uh, are Tetrises with physics?
1: And oh, if you add yeah!
0: Physics to Tetris, it doesn't work.
3: <laughs> right.
1: It's like, like that. Uh, I I never cite NXKCD, but the the vision of Tetris, but the bottom is curved.
0: That, that's a that's actually a game called Hell Tetris.
1: Ooh. Well, as well. I, I, I mean, and like the the caption on that comic is Hell. So. Yeah. That,
0: who knew, Yeah, that that could the comic could have inspired the game. There's yeah. a a Newgrounds. You can go to Newgrounds and play Hell Tetris, which is that. Yeah. Um, it also has real physics. <laughs> um, but real physics means that with things not locking to a grid, uh-huh. uh, it's very hard to make lines. Yeah, <laughs> um, Really, really kind of clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, uh, you know, I made some lines. Like I played not Tetris for a decent amount of time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just stay, because, you know, just staying on top of things, but um, could barely could barely do so. Yeah. Um, real quick, too, just because it, it's not a Kaizo, it's an official thing, but it's not in the notes. We should mention um, that Tetris that only came out in Japan that had the uh, biosensor. We should talk about Bio Tetris real quick.
1: Oh, really? I don't know about this.
0: Oh, man, Bio Tetris. So uh, it was a game for, uh, I want to say it was a GameCube game. Um, I can find out, though. In 64, them them. 64 it is, is what 64. I see, yeah. Um, so it was a variant of Tetris only came out in Japan, had a, uh, it's, it's Tetris 64 is the name of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, in America, we got the new Tetris. Uh, this came with the Nintendo 64 bio sensor. It's the only game this worked for. It was a little thing that clipped onto your ear.
1: I had no idea that they tried the vitality sensor.
0: Yeah. Which they keep, you know, every once in a while they trot that out and no one wants it. Right. Um, so what this – you'd have normal – you had normal Tetris mode. You had uh, Giga Tetris, which was pretty fun because every once in a while there would be a giant piece, <laughs> um, which was later used in a game called Tetris Giant, which was an arcade game. Yeah. That if you've never seen a picture of, you have to look at a picture yeah, of. That's like, amazing.
3: Yeah. It's amazing.
0: Um, but then Bio Tetris, which is uh, – puts a sensor to your ear. And depending on your heart rate, it changes uh, the quality and size of the pieces you get. So this also will give you smaller or larger pieces. Right. Um, and you can set it up so it's the more relaxed you are, the easier the game gets or the more relaxed you are, the harder the game gets. Huh? Um, so a lot of people who played it expected it to increase the speed. So they didn't think it worked. And then they actually found out like, no, it's actually changing the piece placement.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, I was I was about to say counterintuitive. There's no intuition to this. Um, it's very,
0: really, it's very weird. Yeah. Um. It's actually so it's considered one of the best games to import hmm. because all of the text is in English. Oh yeah. So it's very playable. Yeah. Um. If you if you decide to, and it does uh, at the time it was the best multiplayer text Tetris hmm. available. As, so as opposed to the best
1: method. multiplayer Texas.
0: Yeah, multiplayer Texas where, like, everybody plays this little cranium partner. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's bigger in Tetris. It's the, it's the world's biggest polycule. yee <laughs> um, But, yeah, bio, bio Tetris is very interesting to me yeah. as a weird dead-end garbage Tetris. Yeah.
1: No, I, I, I'm into that. I had no idea that was a thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's get into
0: Tetrises we're actually going to talk about.
1: Yes. Um, gonna have one here at the start. Uh, just talking about a notable variant that continues. Uh, this is almost like a Kaizo Tetris thing. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: yeah. Except people play it.
1: Yes, and it is a big deal in the competitive scene. So Tetris the Grandmaster. Uh, this is by a developer named Arika. Remember that name. Um, this is um a, a Japanese arcade game series. And mm-hmm. it is considered to be extremely difficult specifically because of its very graduated scoring system mm-hmm. um, and the way that it speeds up. The thing that ends up being a mark of pride or a matter, you know, just a, like a matter for competition is the ultimate uh, version of this, which has near instant drops. And when the pieces hit the bottom, when they lock in, they turn invisible.
0: Yes, and uh which is apeshit.
1: You don't win this, you just survive it for two minutes, and it says you are a Tetris Grandmaster.
0: Yeah. Uh pretty neat. Yeah. Like the idea to uh you know to, to become a Tetris Grandmaster. Mm-hmm. Um also, you know, the most famous thing about this to me, or the thing I noticed the most is that one of the entries is called Terror Instinct, <laughs> which I just think the idea of Tetris Terror Instinct yep. is very funny. It's incredibly good. Um it's one of my favorite titles. Yeah. You know? Um <laughs> yeah
1: yeah um so you know i don't have an awful lot of experience with these i fired up a main version of it um it's fun uh didn't i think you have to do something to unlock the the, the terror instinct or whatever that mode is but yeah mm-hmm. um i like a I like an arcade tetris the atari one's really fun yeah
0: yeah yeah um let's talk about uh so we kind of have tetrises that we wanted to bring to the table. Yes. Uh, In this specifically, the first one that is my, this is my favorite Tetris is Tetris 90, uh, the new Tetris came out in 1999. Uh, This was the United States, uh, Nintendo 64 Tetris. Yes. Um, and the, uh, the two major, so this, uh, this is the game that introduced the hold function, Mm -hmm. which I, I mentioned, I don't think this makes things too easy. I think it adds a lot of strategy. Yes. Um, you know, you know, do you choose a long piece because those are very useful for score or do you grab a T block because T blocks are incredibly versatile and can fit almost anywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Um, so that is part of the canon that was introduced to this game. Um, it also made wall kicks, uh, pretty easy Mm -hmm. and rewarded spin moves.
1: Which is you, cool. You had been able to do T spins as far back um as the NES Tetris and maybe even before. Mm-hmm. Um it was, you know, kind of debatable whether or not it was considered cheating, but they were technically possible. Here was them, you know, like this is a Pajanov endorsed joint. This is the Tetris company looking and saying, All right, let's actually reward this behavior as opposed to just mm-hmm. kind of letting it happen.
0: Yeah. Um uh, this had a uh, four-player versus mode, which was the mode that I played. So this was the game that was in uh, when I moved out from my parents' house. This I, I've mentioned many times. This is the game that brought down the GPA of the entire house, like <laughs> by a point on its own. Yeah. Um, because people would skip class because we were playing Tetris, um, altogether. Um, the biggest thing, though, the thing that I think is actually I really you know this has shown up in a couple other variants, but surprisingly few. Yeah. Um, this is really, really good, um, is by adding this side goal where you create four by four blocks of pieces. If they are light colored, it creates a gold block. Mm-hmm. If it is uh, if they're not light colored, it creates a silver block. Mm-hmm. So if you take, uh, you know, four, uh, uh, what is it, like square pieces mm-hmm. together, that'll make a gold block. If you take two of the um, L pieces like a j and an l piece Mm -hmm. a square block and then put a long piece over it that'll make a gray block yeah these solidify and when you clear lines that have part of them you get a score multiplayer right um so what this does is puts you under a constant state of giving you a a motivation (laughs) to not make the optimal play to keep your board clear
1: yeah it is it is tempting you away from maintaining your play level yes yeah
0: um which i think is you know the amount of added friction i want to be you know, I want in a, in a Tetris anyway, mm-hmm. but multiplayer, it's super cool because you are going for score. Like the mm-hmm. person who wins is the person who gets the highest score. Yeah. We have definitely had games happen where the person who lost first ended up still having the highest score, right? Because they, you know, tempted fate too many times with gold blocks <laughs> and then, you know, let their well got out of control, mm-hmm. died. Other people who are playing it more safely mm-hmm. still died, you know, maybe 45 seconds a minute later, yeah. but did not play the, the metagame as well. Yeah. And ended up like losing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think this is a really elegant addition to Tetris. That is also entirely optional. Uh-huh. If like, you don't want to play this way, this just plays like regular Tetris. Yeah. It doesn't take anything away.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd never played this before you had mentioned it. I, I never thought that there would be anything special about it, but you know, you've been talking about this for a few years. And so I fired it. I fired it up almost a
0: decade. It's, it's been you, like a decade of me talking about the new Tetris as an
1: example of cool things on this, yeah. this program. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so no, I, I I didn't just play it for for for, for this episode. Uh, it's really mm-hmm. good. I just wish I didn't have to fire up a Nintendo 64 emulator to play yep. it. Like it's a,
0: it's it, that's a huge bummer. The, the fact it makes that you it want is, to get an N64.
1: <laughs> the fact that it is that it is marooned on this nothing system that nobody wants to play. Yeah, like, and No one
0: wants to emulate at the yeah, very least. Like yeah. if they do the Nintendo 64 mini and put this on there, it will, I mean, I'll probably get that regardless. Yeah. yeah. But man, what I, I love that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that is worth noting uh, is that this has one of the most infamous and verbose uh, developer tell-off letters. Oh yeah. Hidden in the files uh-huh. <laughs> Uh that are, that are pretty uh, amazing. Yeah. Like the, the three coders mentioned who they are and then there's this little, no one else did dick.
3: Yep.
1: Look
0: all for the code, so shut your fucking traps. <laughs> yep. And then there's a series of rants about what it was like to work with people and uh-huh. what the guy uh, likes or dislikes, mm-hmm. um, which is so like weird and quaint. Yes. You know, um also a lot of ASCII pictures of pot leaves and shit.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's too like, good. It's too good. The like the, the cutting room floor uh article for the new Tetris is amazing. Yeah. And like so yes, that that is very good. I'm a little yeah. bit irritated that the new Tetris is better known for that than for like yeah, the yeah. cool for things that really they did in play.
0: Tetris. Yeah. I wish they hadn't, you know, done all this stuff. <laughs> you know, I wish that he didn't list his like the fifty things he hates. And like sometimes they're just, you know, fine. You know, uh-huh. like they're they're just like small yappy dogs. Okay. Uh-huh. Minivans, country music, DVDs with bad features, but a bunch of them are kind of sexist. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, <laughs> I, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> um, you know. Like he says, he doesn't like racist, and then talks about how much he hates wide camel toes. (laughs) I forgot about the wide camel toes. There's there's a full ten eyes and wide (laughs) camel toes, and like I don't know, dude. And and then like a lot of you know, he's spiders. Okay, but then also Lilith bear. It's like, hey, it's not for you, bud. Yeah, you know.
1: Uh, I don't think they care if you don't like it.
0: Yeah, it's okay. You know, it's just uh, you know, he hates uh, Brandy, Celine Dion, and all the divas. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know, man. A lot of it's out driving. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's worth reading the the cutting room floor entry on the new Tetris mm-hmm. because, can you imagine if we weren't if Tetris didn't have the cachet it did and we stumbled upon this in abject suffering? Oh, I mean, like the, this this rant. Like, like we do everything. a reading of it yeah. and like it would be everything. It'd be like an hour and ten minute episode and we would talk about the entire thing. Mm-hmm. So, but it is just like really mean and petty like yeah. it, it does sound like he was mistreated like he was he was hired to do some work and other people were not that from the company were meant to to do some of the work mm-hmm. and didn't you know but it it also it uh so you know which is which is a bummer but he's being a huge dick about it at one point he's like later i'm going off to, to work for 3do
1: fuckers <laughs> which i just I love. like
0: <laughs> see you later a <laughs> uh, company that's doing games for nintendo i'm gonna work on the 3do
1: <laughs> But it was like um, 1999, dude. What were you doing?
0: I don't know what that means. I, yeah. you know, he maybe he was joking. I don't fucking I, know. Maybe who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's something that's pretty infamous about this that is worth a read. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I don't know if I have more about the new Tetris. So was this the was this the point where you were like in the depths of your depravity? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. yeah this is this is the most depraved I got with Tetris effect. and, like seeing it in my sleep and like. Yeah. We played it a lot. Like Mm -hmm. the Nintendo 64, you know, I had a little, I didn't, you know, go to college at that time, but I had that college experience of like dorm room with that through this house. So like we played a lot of Mario Kart. We played a lot of Diddy Kong Racing, played a lot of GoldenEye. um, And, uh, but Tetris was the dominant multiplayer, like, and me and my friends who, for one reason or another, most of my friends uh, were a year younger than I was Mm -hmm. uh, at this time. And I was the first person that they knew to move out. So I had like a house you could go to. Oh, yeah, yeah you know, parents mm-hmm. that just had like weird stoners mm-hmm. in it and they would come and we would drink some beers, um, you know, sometimes get a little day drunk and just play Tetris for, you know, what felt like days and days. And it was so cool. Yeah. Sounds like heaven. It was a really, really, it's a very golden memory. Like a yeah. really like wonderful time. <laughs> I slept on a couch. I didn't have a bed. I owned a couch that I had in my room, but I still, you know, I was like, fuck you back see <laughs> you again <in> 20 years. <laughs> I'm, I'm going
1: gonna, I'm gonna to mortgage my back health. Yeah, I
0: mortgaged my back health for for a few golden spins of the <laughs> the Tetris God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was extremely fun. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: the depths of my depravity uh, came with Tetris DS. I love Tetris DS. It's incredibly so, good. Uh, yeah. We're we're skipping over a bunch. There was like Tetris. I think Tetris World. Like, not an awful lot happened on like PlayStation One and PlayStation Two. But there are a couple of entries that were just kind of de rigueur. And they um, they have.
0: T- Tetris and th- that is fine and good and plays like Tetris. And then they have variants. Yeah. So like something like um, Tetris Plus, mm-hmm. which I had hoping it would have the new Tetris version on it because yeah. when I first got back into games, I was like, oh, like everything will have that that variant because mm-hmm. that variant's so good. Um, it's not on there, but there's just a bunch of just like kind of annoying variants. Like anytime yeah. a bomb shows up in my Tetris, get that shit off my screen.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. <laughs> like I just don't want to fuck with that. Like no no you no know,
1: nope. Tetris Pure. Yes. So we're skipping a little bit. Um, but you know, we're kind of doing this a little bit autobiographically. Uh, Tetris DS is amazing. Uh, so this is a version of Tetris, um, that I really associate with getting my DS light. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just, I, I fucking love the DS. It was, you know, my favorite system for a good long time. Um, And this is a version of Tetris that incorporates a ton of uh, Nintendo imagery uh, and music and has a bunch of new modes on it. I never really engaged with a lot of those. Mm -hmm. Um, However, um, just as a an incredibly good portable Tetris that includes the quality of life stuff, uh, specifically the hold and the and the wall kick and things like that. Um, Yeah, I just uh, there there was no bottom.
0: Yeah, Well, it's not it's not just that like, kind of underselling or not underselling, but bearing a little bit of the lead, which was having the, the basic Tetris with all of the Nintendo iconography. Yes. Yeah. Which is was just great. Uh huh. You know, like that, that is just I didn't play those variants either. But the main mode, the marathon mode, which uh-huh. I managed to beat, which gets incredibly hard. Uh huh. Um, it's doing 200 lines. It speeds up every 10 lines. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens while a Nintendo game plays in the background. Uh-huh. So you're seeing in your periphery and Nintendo music plays, mm-hmm. which are a little bit like dated remixes, but still you know, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, was really, really fun. I actually tried playing it last night uh, just to you know do some last minute Tetris thing before the episode. And on my 3DS XL, it made my thumb cramp and I couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. I got to 170 lines and couldn't beat it. But yeah. The uh, just really, really a good version of Tetris with a wonderful presentation, which mm-hmm. like hold that in your pocket because that's going to come gonna, up later.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of the, the one of the more important things you can add, weirdly enough.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know, because again, as a perfect game, taking away anything ruins it. Adding anything to it is just fraught. It it's... doesn't mean you can't add anything to it, but you just have to be incredibly judicious. Mm-hmm. And adding music that you already know and love is a safe and good add. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, and there were like the, the, there were some of the additional modes that were pretty good. Um, I spent time with Mission Mode and Puzzle Mode uh, mm-hmm. specifically. Uh, mission is fun because you're playing regular Tetris um, and it's themed after Zelda, uh, but uh, it gives you a task to do that you get more points for. Um, and it will say like, oh, clear two lines with a Z block. So you try and set up uh, uh, accomplishing that. Um, and then it'll give you something more after that. So it's a little bit like, it's a little bit like the new Tetris, you know, persistent goal of the four by four by four blocks, but it's a way for the game to tempt you away from ideal play, Mm -hmm. which I think is good. Yeah,
0: Anytime that happens, it's generally good. Yeah. You know, tempting you away from ideal play is one of the things that a good Tetris variant can do.
1: Yeah. Um, puzzle modes, uh, very good as well. Uh, they give you finite boards you know, partially filled, uh, and you have a handful of blocks that you can use, you have to decide which order you're going to put them in and which orientation. So like you're like clicking on little icons to choose where the, where they're deployed. So it's like order of operations more than anything. And those are clever in a, in a mm-hmm. satisfying way. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there's a push mode, which I didn't play, but sounded fun multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, multiplayer mode where you're kind of playing both sides against the middle yeah. pushing these lines of scrimmage into the opponent's play field which I think is cute yeah um, um
1: I I, I, yeah. I like this this is I like this is older than I thought it was mm-hmm. um like there were variants that were made specifically for psychological and community community research uh, that use this exact same scheme like this is how they fit Tetris on uh two two players of Tetris on one screen. I generally, in multiplayer, prefer throwing garbage lines, but uh, but this mm-hmm. is neat. And it's themed after Donkey Kong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these have the theme. I didn't really know that the other modes had the themes. Yeah. Because in the main mode, in the marathon mode that you play, um, the it starts as purely Mario-themed, and then only once it gets crazy mm-hmm. do other Nintendo franchises come in. Yeah. And that was a very delightful surprise to me. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know it was going to happen. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, these uh, do have these other modes, though, so you get to see this other iconography. So for some reason, you care about Donkey Kong. Yes. There you go. <laughs> uh,
1: catch mode is neat. Like, this is a little like new Tetris. It's Metroid themed. Uh, you start with, you know, a little uh, block in the center and new pieces will fall from the top. You have to move your block around. You're trying to create a square Um, so you can uh, activate a bomb to destroy Metroids. Um, mm-hmm. it's, think of it like radial Tetris almost yeah yeah yeah
0: um yeah and then uh touch mode which is a little bit like pentomino yeah yeah. uh, puzzles but just kind of dumb and also need to use the touch screen because ds yes garbo it was still um really great version of tetris was really rare for a little while yeah yeah remember that like it used to be hard to find and then like it's not now
1: yeah i don't know what happened if they if they did a second printing or what but
0: yeah, I have, I have no idea, but for a little while this was very expensive, and then it became easy to find. And it's, uh, you know, when I go on airplanes, I pack up like just three or four DS games when I when I decide to bring my 3DS, uh-huh. and this is always one of them because yeah. it's very very playable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so there are a bunch of mobile versions of this. Um, kind of came from EA or Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Um, things on iOS, you know, and Android. Yeah, basically. Um, which is a weird fit. Um, you know, the idea, like I played quite a bit of these, mm-hmm. um, I don't really like controlling them on my phone. Like this plays into the kind of thing where I want to have a little bit more tactile control. Like I know I talked about playing that symphony, that puzzle of the night yeah. game. Um, but I think that my standards have just kind of increased with this, you know, that was in, in the early 2010s. And now I just yeah, yeah. don't have a whole lot of time for this.
1: I feel like it's also like weirdly tiring. I don't know if it's because I was playing it on the, on the iPad in bed or whatever, but like mm-hmm. holding my hand out and sliding it left and right. Just didn't really work. Um, I have a lot of good memories of playing the official EA mobile version on my LG chocolate phone in 2009 mm-hmm. or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of productivity was lost to that. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the majority of is. the only one like that, that I feel is worth mentioning is Tetris Blitz which is actually kind of good because it does change the control scheme instead of like dragging stuff left and right and tapping to rotate. It just shows you different places that different places and orientations where your, um, uh, block will fit in the bottom of the well. And then you just select where it's going to go. Uh, you're still playing against time. Like it is dropping as it goes, but like you're just making decisions as opposed to maneuvering everything. Um, and the blitz part of this, you're playing for score within two minutes. So like it is designed to be very digestible. The problem is it's EA mobile. So there's an awful lot of like pay, pay coins for power-ups mm-hmm. kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. And can you even still play it? Like, is it one of the, yes, you know, cause I played it today. There, oh, okay. <laughs> cause there, there's so many, uh, of these like Tetris variations, like EA, uh, related <clears throat> things that went away. Yeah. Um, so like there used to be just a straight up EA Sims, um, that was just a sims game, and now it's all this like sims weird, free to play, yeah, yeah, you know, mode, like they get rid of their old versions and replace them with new ones,
1: new worse versions, so
0: yeah. yeah, so uh that that happens, yeah, so um, not a whole lot for me, uh, you know, Ubisoft eventually got this this license, uh made a game called Ultimate Tetris, which people do not like, yeah, um, it's super buggy, um, it only had a digital release. Um, and, uh, because it was, it had exclusivity for this, other versions of Tetris had to be pulled from stores for a little bit. Yeah. Um, people are mad at ultimate, ultimate Tetris. Yes. With reason. Uh huh. With, With reason. With reason. Um, <laughs> yep. But that's kind of what happened between 2006 and 2014. <laughs> um, we are doing, we recognize that these time jump, jumps, we are not trying to be
1: inclusive or exclusive. Right. right. Inclusive.
0: Yeah. Uh, Exclusive we're not trying to cover everything
1: right right we're we're, we're not intentional if we, we skip to Chinatown your...
0: there for a minute <laughs> like this product's inclusive slap inclusive slap inclusive slap, <laughs> exclusive, slap, inclusive, slap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there's a there's a, a a gamer comic about the epic store <laughs>
1: uh,
0: <laughs> it just just wrote yeah uh for it yeah
1: nobody's deal tm uh yeah <laughs> Uh, the next one, this is my favorite, even with all of its failings, um, Mm -hmm. Puyo Puyo Tetris released in 2014. Um, I got it on the switch. It's really, really good. Um, it combines Tetris and Puyo Pop in every way you could think of. Like you can play both games head to head, uh, throwing garbage blocks against each other. You can swap between them mid match, which is just enough Puyo Pop for me to enjoy. And there's a kind of fun hybrid version, Uh, The reason that I like it so much is because, like, just the basic Tetris is probably the best, most polished, fully featured that I've seen that is available today. Mm. Um, And I'm willing to look past the terrible aesthetic uh, to get to that. Um. The,
0: uh, this was this was you know because i i played this because i knew we were going to talk about it yeah um, i picked up a copy of this and because i was like what what's the worst thing that can happen it's tetris yeah and this is what taught, i'm not just saying this to you know cause there are things i like about it quite a bit like the uh-huh. mood where you swap between the boards uh-huh. like at a regular interval you're playing two different games yes is strangely compelling uh-huh like it's like you know because like you can be doing really well <laughs> like i didn't really know puya puya very well and i don't tend to like mean bean dr mario likes yeah yeah not that much so i would be doing pretty well at tetris but then every once in a while it's like oh god you know, like in the Puyo, Puyo Sphere, where i don't know what to do yep um which was really fun yeah. but this uh so some of those modes and wireframe i did like but mm-hmm. this taught me that like presentation this and revisiting tetris ds yeah taught me presentation is a huge part of what yeah. makes me like or not like a tetris and the mm-hmm. presentation here is literal hell <laughs> it, it's it's hell like it is yeah. just it's not just you know I, it's very much a stereotype for me to be like, oh, anime bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's not like just like normal anime. It's bullshit. especially
1: pungent. It's like,
0: very pungent. Yeah. Like it's really extreme. Yeah. Story mode, eighteen different characters to choose from. Like I don't, I don't need. Why that. am I choosing characters and like ah ah ah? So like it's just
1: the, 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 Very the, the purist of me. The secret way to play this and this is this is how I do it um, they include something where like before you even like press start to get to the main menu like there are three buttons you can hit one is Puyo Puyo the other is Tetris and the other is Puyo Tetris you just press that button and it drops you into the game like you still have an anime girl screaming if you get a Tetris or whatever but you don't see <laughs> you, you, you don't see the uh, the, the, there's like no the story yeah there's there, there's no story or anything it is just a hundred and 50 line marathon um uh, which for me is about 8 minutes of really dependable play and then I can put it down like you don't yeah. have to engage with anything except a very very polished tetris game um mm-hmm. that has again all these quality of life features it's on my switch so like I always have it with me mm-hmm. um and all you have to deal with is somebody shouting solved when you when you get a tetris
0: yeah i i just i think that like for me those quality of life features that it has over <laughs> Tetris DS mm-hmm. like are not enough. Oh yeah. Like there are quality of life features that it has over that, that happened in the 12 years that intervened, Yeah, but that solved yelling. And like what I'm training that for is like Nintendo music. I already love.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: it's not just, it's not just not having the bad thing. It's also having the good thing, mm-hmm. which I will give
1: away the the quality of life features for personally. Yeah. Like, A- Additionally, like I don't always have my DS light with me sometimes. That's yeah, just for extra. sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I get that completely. Yeah. You know, and on on the Switch, like this is probably the best Tetris available on the Switch. Yeah. Um I have not messed around with Tetris ninety nine single player mode. You know, we'll talk about that, but that could end up being the case. Yeah. Um, you know, and it it is like I like Tetris ninety nine, I just think the time has passed for it. Yeah. Um for me. Mm-hmm. Um we'll get to that soon. Yes. Um so yeah, this is the 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 Tetris is good. Yeah. Like in this. It's got it's got a high quality Tetris thing hidden under a bunch of Poyos. Yes. And then a bunch of like weird, you know, exaggerated how to draw anime the anime way. Yeah. Barnes and Noble book
1: characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is. It is possibly the most I have liked the mechanics of something while despising the aesthetic.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's it's yeah. The aesthetic is very rough. Yeah. Um, and check it out for yourself. You know, you, you might just like this. Just different defined.
1: different tolerances. Totally you know? different
0: tolerances. For yeah. me, it's not even, you know, even the Mario-ness of Nintendo DS, which I really like mm-hmm. because I really like that. If, if that was just like generic characters and not music that hit any nostalgic thing, mm-hmm. I would find that a little bit offensive because, you know, again, Tetris Purist. Like yeah. I, I really want, you know, and then we're going to talk about something that has a huge aesthetic yeah. quality to it. But I don't want to have things yelling at me. Yeah. You know, like to me, Tetris is, and this also kind of plays into my general ambivalence in 99, which is the last thing we're going to talk about today, um, is that Tetris is a solitary pursuit for me. Yep. That is, even when it has bumping Nintendo things, is somewhat meditative, mm-hmm. which is why, you know, the Tetris effect is so important to me. Yes. And, uh, but Poyo, I'm happy to have Puyo Puyo for, specifically for
1: the, uh, uh, what is it, Switch.
0: Yeah. Just to have a Tetris on there,
1: Mm -hmm. and and if you know, if you're not looking at the little characters or whatever, it's a really pretty game, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, the color, the colors and stuff, it looks good.
1: Yeah, you know, other than any anything
0: with eyes. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) something has eyes, it gets ruined in that.
1: Yeah, Uh, I can't stand the potatoes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, Tetris effect.
1: Yeah what a fucking revelation gary
0: see this this is one of my favorite games that came out last year this is so good uh it's like yeah it was in my like you know top three or so mm-hmm. last year um so this is a ps4 only game so a lot of people can't play it um right. that is because it is uh makes heavy use is largely uh used for the psvr right um you don't have to play it that way i've never played it that way i have. I, re- I recognize the way that it is it, it can be it would be better it's like one of the few things in vr that i think like would be additive mm-hmm. as, as a, as a VR skeptic and someone who's also made motion sick by it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd be motion sick by this. No. Um, and this was made, uh, in part by, uh, Tetsuya Mizuguchi, the, our uh, guy who made res. Yes.
1: Res and a perpetual,
0: you know, um, request on off. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then and, and luminous, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah luminous. Yeah. So he's got his own, you know, dropping block puzzle game and he has an awful lot of history, Uh, making these kind of synesthetic experiences where the mechanic is inextricably tied in with visuals and sound. He had wanted to make uh, a a Tetris game for a very long time, but the licensing got in the way. The iron just got hot, and he struck, and he managed to get this and make a phenomenal game. Yes. Yeah. Um, So
0: it's basically just Tetris. Mm -hmm. There are uh, one uh, obvious and one (laughs) non-obvious Uh, thing that changes this uh, yeah. that is a uh, core to the play not just the aesthetics yeah so the the big obvious mechanical addition is the zone meter right um, when you get enough uh, lines you get into the zone and this allows you to freeze time um, so this means that lines will not disappear you still create the lines mm-hmm. but they don't go anywhere
1: um, uh, if which, you, if you clear a line toward the top of your sack, it'll like bump down to the bottom. So like, yeah, it'll, it'll like fill up on the screen, make a little go. bit of
0: room for you there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the idea is that you use this either to, uh, make, you know, give yourself a breather, mm-hmm. like you made some mistakes, you want to fix them or to get, uh, more than a Tetris. Yeah. You get these new things: these quintresses and Sextresses yes. and you know septuses and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Septress,
1: uh, Octurus up to clearing twenty-two lines over the course of one of these. The Impositress. yeah, the Impositress.
0: Yeah, um, so this is again playing with that. Uh, this reminds me most of a little bit of like Rockstar Star Meter. Yeah, or, that, uh, I'm, I'm happy you made Star that meter.
1: comparison because I was going to yeah. do that.
0: Yeah. You know, where it's, it's both to, uh, you know, if you're just trying to get through a hard thing, putting Mm -hmm. on star meter makes it very hard to fail yeah, because you get enough points for every note you do hit to keep you going. But if you're doing really well, you can put on star meter to maximize your score as well. Yeah. And this presents that same kind of risk and reward. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, a very interesting trade-off that I will always welcome in games.
0: Yep. Uh, love it. Yeah. The bigger thing to me that isn't advertised that I just like, cannot get over how much adds to the play Mm -hmm. is variable pace within a board. Yeah. Um, having something, uh, it's not just like things start slow and get hectic, like Uh some things start hectic and then calm down and Mm -hmm. then get hectic again. And not always more hectic, sometimes less hectic than it initially was. Mm -hmm. There is varied pacing, uh, in these boards of Tetris in a way that is constantly kind of adjusting your personal tension. Yes. Meter.
1: Yep. And Uh, and it it, it is taking you along with the pace and energy of the music, um, in a mechanical way.
0: yeah, the music is not, so this is, yeah, the music is not to be understated in this, right? Mm -hmm. Like in any way, shape or form and plays in it in a lot of non gameplay ways. Yeah. This specifically, in addition to all of the aesthetic things that make this like, to me, the most like synesthetic game I've ever played. Yeah. Like the most that I see and feel music with my body Mm -hmm. is in Tetris effect. Yeah. Um, but you're literally changing that pace of the, the music while all these other things are happening. So, every move you make in Tetris effect is tied to a sound mm-hmm. that fits into the soundtrack in a way that feels like fucking wizardry.
1: Yeah. I like it's not on the rhythm and you would think that would be a fucking disaster. No, nope. uh, not everything just, is like ambient where you can just have little sparkles on the move. Like sometimes you are doing drums, but like it just makes sense the way it fits in. I don't know what happens.
0: Sometimes I found myself playing the game in the rhythm of like playing my moves in the rhythm of the music. Not intentionally. Not intentionally. Like I just realized, Oh, I'm drumming (laughs) this Tetris board. How the fuck did that happen? (laughs) Like, I'm literally just like, you know, every, every piece gets turned, you know, if I need to turn it, I turn it a number of times to, at the end of this melodic phrase yep <laughs> so even if i have to turn it once if that doesn't sound very well i'll turn it five fucking times yep and then drop it at the end yep. of the eight
1: and, and then horizontal movements guess what those have different sounds attached yep. to them as well i will i will intentionally overshoot where it needs to be so i can adjust it back so it can complete the fucking phrase
0: yeah can <laughs> like it just it does a this feels like you know but, tetris tetris doing things to your brain uh-huh has been forever a part of tetris yeah this is the most that is I have like been like whoa this is doing something to my brain yeah like there is a reason why this is a big game for doing some drugs and hanging out uh, I, uh, because it already has that experience kind of built into it
1: yeah I, I mean I don't I don't mean to be a repeats a tweet guy so I got this game and I played it and I thought that it was like a harder variation on Tetris and then I sat mm-hmm. down to play it for the show and I realized oh that's not the case I just never played it sober yeah yeah <laughs> like like you know, like for previous to this i had only played it while high uh, yeah but it was still incredibly enjoyable while sober just in a different way it's uh you know
0: i have not uh not played this this high uh-huh. you know even though everyone because going like whenever i i get high i just immediately go to sleep That's right, right the purpose of the drug for me yeah um and i have had like a what feels adjacent to without overstating it like a mind altering experience like yeah. there are people have, have talked about online like talked about crying like when they got to the end of this which i didn't cry i don't cry uh, very easily mm-hmm. uh, from media but like i can kind of see it there, like, like,
1: there, there's a catharsis to it
0: Get completed the game and the song that plays in the last stage, which mm-hmm. is the song they used in the trailer, yeah. that is a song with vocals in a game, which I think is extremely just, dicey.
1: Yeah, no. You
0: know, I was like – you were talking about the Slack and it's like something about all of those JRPG ending songs like turns everyone into a Celine Dion fan or something. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody is just like, oh, I actually like the blandest female <laughs> vocal pop that ever existed because it happens at the end of Final Fantasy VIII. Right, Give right. me a break, right? Like but – but this song like – you know, right, wrong or whatever, whatever, like just works for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it is just like a, a really great, like kind of sweet pop love song. Yeah. That has like the big drum hits that I want to move Tetris pieces to. Yeah. Uh, and completing it and having, you know, the kind of whoosh and all of the sound effects and stuff was this like, whoa yeah you know kind of experience like i had an emotional reaction to it even if i did not like break down weeping or whatever
1: right like like i would it it, i reached a different valence with it like full like full body goosebumps what felt inside what what, what felt like it was inside and out Yeah. yeah 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 um the you know so the visuals are also incredibly good and they're linked to the pace of the music and to, um, the, the, the course of your play, uh, it will, mm-hmm. it will react to line clears. It'll react to, uh, drops. There are different themes and the themes of different kind of stages. I think there are, there are like 20 or so of them. Um, you yeah, know, the, 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 you know, the, 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 visuals match the, match the music. Um, this is incredibly good in PlayStation VR. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and for me, it is the, uh, kind of the ideal, The ideal game for that, because no matter what you are still focusing on a Tetris board that is right in front of you, all of the interest is happening in the periphery and around it. Um, Mm -hmm. And as you turn your head, like the Tetris board kind of always stays there, but like, you know, you're kind of seeing this exploding light show to the side and behind you. Um, And when you clear a board, when you pass a stage, you are rushing down this black hole star tunnel to get to the next one as the new world builds around you in a way that Mm -hmm. you know i i feel like if i talk about this the way i feel about it it sounds like marketing copy but it is the most immersed i've felt in a game um you know probably ever
0: (laughs) for something that is entirely abstract yes you know like you're you're seeing like representations of things like they'll be like Themes for the levels that are real things are not abstracted, yeah, but I, it still ends up being incredibly immersive, even though you're just doing Tetris, like you're uh-huh. moving Tetris pieces. Yeah. Really phenomenal. Like there's a thing, um, there's a game we, me and Will talked about on a Patreon bonus episode called Ape Out, mm-hmm. which is kind of like Hotline Miami with Melee that and is, everything. I, is I, I fucking love Ape
1: Out. It's so good. I didn't know you guys did, a, uh, did an ep on that.
0: I I, wa- I want to love Ape Out more than I do. Yeah. I love Ape Out. I thought it was really fun. It didn't keep my attention as long as maybe it could. Yep. Um, But it does that. I was going to mention the, the, the music trick it does. Yeah, yeah by tying every uh everything you do in that to a jazz drum yeah so when you're playing you're playing a jazz jazz drum solo mm-hmm. there's a stage in tetris effect that does it with jazz piano yep <laughs> and if you don't think that's harder to make sound good you don't know enough about music <laughs> uh, you don't <laughs> uh and it is way harder to make that sound good and it sounds awesome
1: yeah I, w- I was playing this i was like oh they managed to get me to like groove out to anything can happen jazz
0: yeah, exactly and it's just by making me control it yeah in this way that's very intuitive like yeah uh, super, super fucking good. And Ape good. Like, I'm not trying to like bury Ape Out. I just like I no, liked it, no. and I I felt like uh, you know, it was good for the time I spent with it. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I like it, it was um, it was a really good like three hours of game for me. Like totally. that that's how yep. long it took for the uh for for the uh um, the drum the drum charm to 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 wear off on me. Yeah. So so the, those individual level themes like. You know, not, not each of them knocks it out of the park. They broadly fall like, you know, there there are some that are just in categories where like, oh, this is aquatic theme and they're going to be star mermaids that swim around, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I tend to prefer any of them that are like mechanical.
2: Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. like the,
1: the one with the, uh, the windmills, I think is one of my favorite or orbit where you're in kind of the, uh, uh, where you're in space and some of the music cues are like little bits of, uh, astronaut chatter over radios mm-hmm. and things, That's really Um, great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, you know, uh, some of them are pretty similar. Like there's a lot of like, Oh, this is like travel drums and that's fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're not all hits, but they also, the pace of play, like when you move on to new ones Mm -hmm. is quick enough that like, you never really get time to get sick of any of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just, you, you move on fast enough that it's like, okay, well now, now on to the next thing I get to see the next thing as it arrives. Mm -hmm. Um, just, just really like kind of a triumph. Like, you know, like I said, one of my favorite games of last year and if it were on the go, Mm -hmm. like it wouldn't work as well because you'd have a tiny screen. It would have the full immersive effect, but it would be my favorite Tetris if I could take it with me. Yes. Like that's the only thing that gives me, gives like Tetris DS the edge for that or new Tetris, which you can't take with you, but I Mm -hmm. has a special like memory for me. Mm -hmm. But this is, I think this is my favorite Tetris kind of overall. I just wish that I could play it everywhere and not just glued to my PS4. Right um just really 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 something else Yeah. um the, it kind of needs to be played to be believed like a lot of people were very skeptical about it when it came out because it came out with a full price tag yeah and people were like i can't spend 40 dollars for tetris mm-hmm. and i totally get that yeah uh and i just i wouldn't have played it uh when i did if it wasn't for like a sale
1: yeah like, it, i think we both got know, it about the same time you said oh this is 20 bucks and we're probably gonna, you know I, I would like to talk about this on WAF sometime probably yeah so
0: yeah grab, grab this because it's yeah. it's good um and it just i'm i'm would not have felt bad if i spent 40 bucks on it right right like it still would have been a and i've only played it twice like mm-hmm. i played it once when i first played it and played it for the show but it still was so affecting that like it's worth that to me
1: yeah i, I feel like a dipshit when i talk about it because it's an awful lot it feels like i'm describing a dream or something it
0: turns us into shitty enya
1: yeah, hippies kind of you know, like yeah
0: like, yeah, like we're, we're just you know talking but it's it is just, you know, I don't know. It, it had like an emotional effect on me yeah. through non-narrative means, which is very special. Yes. And and also, as as somebody who my heart is generally pretty resistant mm-hmm. to that, yeah. uh, it was cool to experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, also cool uh, in a different way, and like almost entirely opposite. The exact opposite <laughs> is Tetris 99.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, so if Tetris Effect is transcendent, Tetris 99 is workman. Is workman-like. It,
0: Yeah, in in a lot of ways, but it's also like the idea is very. I I would say it's more like Tetris effect is like this moving cathartic emotional experience. Yeah. And Tetris 99 is this cutthroat, yeah, yeah, intense throat slitting experience (laughs) that that you have.
1: Um, Yeah. Um, So I thought it was a joke when they announced it when I saw the when I saw the headline because you know that is you know 2018 2019 easiest joke in the world uh yes nothing is real but also easiest joke in the world is so and so is a battle royale game now
0: yes and all of them will actually happen so all the jokes you're making will eventually happen i'm sure right now you can play a flash version of tic-tac-toe battle royale on somebody's thing and it's like well you know i am desperately praying for this to end Um, (laughs) as as a thing not for the joke but i just don't want to you know Solitary experience. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to play against these people. Right. But I did play uh, a, a decent actual chunk of Tetris 99. Yeah. Um, so this is uh basically, you know, as we mentioned, Tetris Boyle Royale, uh, developed by Eureka. Mm-hmm. Um, and you play against 98 other players um, instead of, you know, space whales, mm-hmm. like in Tetris Effect, in the periphery of your screen are all the other players' boards.
1: Yes. These microscopic little representations of what's going on on their screens. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, and as you clear lines uh, or do T spins, mm-hmm. you send garbage to other players. Yes. Um,
1: uh, and right. other players are sending garbage to you, uh, which you know gives you less space to work with, brings you closer to uh, to topping out.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, the strategy here, I mean, so you want to be the last person standing. You want to be number one. Mm-hmm. The game speeds up at 50 remaining players and at 10 remaining players. Right. The strategy is uh, based on when you. You can choose who you're targeting your garbage at. Um, you can choose random, which just sends it to a random person, unlikely to make you a target, right. but unlikely to get very many kills. Right. Um, you can do whoever's attacking you, mm-hmm. which uh, is hopefully stopping the attack. Yes. That's the goal there. Um, you can choose badges. Um, badges, so this game has no tutorial. Like it doesn't explain how to play itself at yeah. all. Um, I ended up having to look up strategy when I was playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, the way badges work, is that when you kill somebody, you get uh, a badge, and when you get a uh, a certain number of badges, your lines are more powerful and you send more junk. Yeah, and when you kill a player, you inherit all of their badges.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so you can decide, you know, like, oh, I'm just going to go for the king, and I'm going to get faster, and you know, I'm, I'm going to become the king because yes, I'm going to
0: get all their badges. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but you're fucking with people who are really good at the game, probably because they've already got yes. some. Uh, they've already got some ears on their necklace.
0: Yep. And you can go and, but they're only going to get better, right? You know, such and or you can go for kills, which targets people who are close to dying, so you can just kind of gain your own badges.
1: Yeah, g- g- gain your own badges and you know we- we- weed the floor a little bit.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, when you're flipping through those, you're doing it with the right stick while you're playing, mm-hmm. while you're managing your Tetris well, yep. so you don't do this. At, you know, it's not a separate thing, right? Um, you do it at the same time. So it does have a little bit of that, like pulling you away from perfect play Mm
1: -hmm.
0: stuff that I like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, Like hilariously, they also give the ability to individually target, like move a cursor around, um, mm -hmm. to select somebody's board to say like, Hey, fuck this guy in particular. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I don't know. There's the the, the fifth option, which is target Carl. Yep. And whenever targets, whenever Carl's playing, you can just target Carl. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Um, but yeah, like the that's part of the strategy is deciding which of those options you want to do while still, you know, playing good Tetris and dealing with the garbage that uh that that gets sent your way. Uh it's really hard to play now. Um I had a good like month with it after release before everybody got really good. You level up as you play, but it doesn't feel like that kind of affects matchmaking at all. Mm -hmm. like i I I look at the levels of the people you know uh, on the leaderboard or what have you and they run they run the gamut it's not like blows day with low and and high stays with high yeah
0: yeah and and just anecdotally um i did i was more competitive at this when i was playing when it first came out before now where it feels like they've done multiple tournaments yeah and people are too good at it it feels like a counter-strike yeah issue to me um where just the people who are playing it this is what they do they decide this is their perpetual game and they are impossible to play with
1: have you ever um, have you ever won a match
0: uh i've never won a match okay. i've gotten a number 2 twice yeah
1: in so. in the first like in the first month i felt like it was a, a success if i got in the top 15 now it feels like a success if i get into the top 50 yeah yeah, yeah.
0: it's it feels much harder to me now yeah um And kind of like a thing where it's like, yes, you can practice and and kind of learn these things, but just people are just – you know, again, it always feels like a losing game to practice against Counter Strike players. Yeah. to me. Yeah. You know, um, or Starcraft two players, mm-hmm. or you know, whatever. whatever. Uh, insert your competitive multiplayer game of choice. Yeah. You know, yeah. just play with your friends. And I can't get together ninety eight of my closest friends <laughs> to play to play a land version of Tetris ninety nine. You know, no, no. Uh, in the world's biggest basement. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never beat it. I've never uh, got yeah. a win. I would love to. You know, at the time, I was like, this would be really cool if I just got one win. Mm-hmm. I just got frustrated from getting close. Yeah. Um, in the first month I could pretty reliably do top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I remember the first, uh, person who I lost against yeah. was their screen name was Cardi B <laughs> and I was like, is this Cardi B, <laughs> <Did> <laughs> Cardi B fuck me up at Tetris 99? I mean,
1: I can't even be uh, mad.
0: Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sorry, Cardi. I'm um, sorry to challenge you. Um, so Tetris 99 is very cool. They've released like a pay version of it yeah. where it has a bot mode. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can play against the computer. Yeah. Um, I still feel just like there has always been, even when it's hectic, an element of relaxation to Tetris. Yes. For me. So like ninety nine in effect make this like really interesting pair where one of them leans into the things I care about with Tetris, which is a mm-hmm. uh, presentation that is non intrusive and good, but handled really carefully. Yeah. And kind of a relaxive meditative flow state. Yeah. And Tetris ninety nine always feels to me like a miserable scramble to, like, try to survive. Yeah, Which is not, it's what I go to video games for sometimes, but never what I go to Tetris for.
1: Right. I, I think it's kind of, you know, it, it's kind of a marvel that they managed to bottle up that feeling of battle royale drama. You mm-hmm. know, as the field gets more constricted and as the stakes kind of become higher, Um, you know, when you leave yourself, you know. <laughs> kind of exposed to you know the uh, to, to the best and brightest who were in that round, you know, um, you know I, I've 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 played more battle rail games than you, but slightly, you know I played mm-hmm. like PUBG a little bit and stuff like that, um, and that is the thing that I think is good about those, the fact that they were able to capture that in Tetris of all things, I think is a remarkable bit of ingenuity. Like whoever decided to make that combination and mm-hmm. made oh yeah it work it's a brilliant is, idea yeah
0: yeah absolutely brilliant and like really really um you know again similar to how Tetris effect kind of has to be played to see to believe like this is also this didn't make sense and then you play it it's like oh yeah, it totally yeah. makes sense mm-hmm. um and i think this will pave a way for a lot of different battle royales that people did not think yeah, would I make know. sense mm-hmm. like that uh um, there's actually like, and we're recording this during E3, yeah. um, devolver's putting out a thing that looks like human fall flat battle royale, basically. <laughs> um, which like, I was like, I, I watched it. I was like, Oh, this is the most Will Hughes game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like this can com- combines his, you know, predilection for competitive play uh-huh. and his love for big, dumb doughy people doing things foolishly, <laughs> uh, in a way that is like kind of amazing. Yeah. And, and like, it's. This this formula, like I said, when I'm saying I'm praying for it to go away, it's because I don't like playing competitive games.
1: Right. You don't want um, to replace a version of something else yeah, that you enjoy. You I
0: know. don't want arcane, you know, they're put making another single player game, but I don't want them, the next thing they do to be Dishonored, you know, Battle yeah. Royale. Yeah. I don't want Prey Bar- Bar- mm-hmm. Battle Royale. I want to be able to play these games by myself. Yeah. Um, But I am really impressed with that creativity. And I think this did really like pave the way for.
1: Yeah, you can do anything. Like, this, yeah, really. just, yeah, more experimentation. Um, yeah, you know, when it felt like you know, just in X number of first person or third person battle royale games, those just feel incredibly safe and kind of same. Yes, it's good that somebody with deep pockets, Nintendo, decided to take a chance and experiment and show that, like, oh, like, like the water's fine. Like, come in and you know have some new ideas. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Uh, you know it's it, it's a brilliant idea. It's not enough to replace the thing that I want to play Tetris for. You know, I think we're both really similar in that regard. I I want it for ten minutes of meditative focus. Yes, and then to put it down. Yep. Yeah,
0: uh, and that's that's what that's not Tetris, but that's what we're going to say about Tetris. Yes, <laughs> the Tetris contains multitudes. There's a lot more to Tetris, but that's our yeah. our tight tight two hours on Tetris. Mm-hmm um yeah so uh thanks again big thanks to doug for puzzle month yeah um our penultimate the month mm-hmm. um we are we really do appreciate it i think it's been a really fun month yeah with fun episodes yeah huh. um, um yeah if you have things to say about tetris um if you are hearing this on early release you have a day
1: i think so yeah
0: you have one day uh it's always the 15th of the month Mm-hmm. Um, or Um, for watch out for fireballs, uh, hit us up at duckfeed.tv slash contact. Yes. Um, you are a month early though, if you have things to say about uh the games we're
1: covering for three D platformer a month. Yes. Um previously we had announced a different order for this, but yep. the order we're doing is a hat in time, mm-hmm. Psychonauts, uh, Yep. And then Mirror's Edge is our premium episode.
0: Yes. Uh we wanted to make sure that uh we had gave Cole plenty of run up um and time to buy a second like a honey bucket <laughs> yeah. for his living room. Mm-hmm. For all the vomit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, um, good, I, I just. Time. I, so, I, my, my, my house didn't have a basement. Uh, instead, what I did, I put in a basement, but it is just for the vomit. Yeah, uh, for me being motion sick mirrors edge, I don't yeah. know why I said yes to that.
0: There's um, a couple of random holes in the floor.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're just for this. Yeah, um, uh, it was really, sort of
0: how a castle would have like holes to pour oil on
1: the intruders. Well, what I did was I went to I went to one of those companies that installs central vacuum into houses. Mm-hmm. It's been hard to find any of those since the 90s, but I just had them do that. But with but with my motion sick leavings, um, mm-hmm. yeah, um, Smart. it'll it'll be fine. I just need to play it in short bursts. And it's a fun game. I remember liking it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I've never played it. It's on the list of like, you know, kind of modern classics. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that has been on the list of things I've not played and I've always wanted to.
1: Mm-hmm. So Yeah, uh, we mentioned premium episodes. This would have been a premium episode, but it makes no sense to do that with Tetris. So if you're a patron or if you're interested in being a patron, you can get a whole new episode about the adventures of Lolo. Kind of mm-hmm. a, a, a fourth addition uh, to Puzzle Month.
0: Yep, another type of puzzle. Yes, kind of, uh, kind of articulation of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just for patrons. You have to go to Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV, and you get a lot of stuff. Yeah. So not only do you get that full bonus episode, um, but you get a full episodes. So every month we do a premium episode um, where we uh, release a preview, but we put the full episode mm-hmm. uh, just for patrons. We have whole many actual like whole shows. Mm-hmm that are uh, just for patrons we recognize that uh, money is tight yep. we recognize that everyone values uh you know five dollars differently so the two things we can do is we one we try to make it so there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. uh that you you get for that and two we try to uh everything stays on the store yes. so if you cannot uh if you're bummed out because like hey i love adventures a little but i cannot afford to patronize mm-hmm. um you know put aside a buck a month and then uh once you have five bucks patronize Listen to those premium episodes. Mm-hmm. Depatronize. We do not mind. Yes. Uh, that is uh, built into the system. We did that on purpose. Yes. So um, ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts are very useful mm-hmm. as well. And uh, telling your friends about us. Yeah. Is great. Yeah. I think that's everything. I think that is about all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, until next time, what should they watch out for?
1: Z blocks. Those tend to mess me up. Z blocks are tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean just that serious, not a joke. I just 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 yeah. leaving people with some advice.